advice, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome, folks, to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined tonight by only, or I should say the one and only, Uncle Mark. Oh, thank God there's only one of me. I, yeah. I actually think I started some smart assery during the intro, so uh, you might, I don't know if you're going to clean that out or it's just going to be what it is. I, I don't know. It'll works. probably get deleted. I didn't hear it, if that matters. Yeah, I was, <laughs> it was very much under my breath. Oh, we but. got we got Matt Yakel in the chat for the first time. That's okay. Who? Sorry. Yeah. Well, he's he's a patron. Which, which platform is he on? Oh, uh, there he is. Yeah. yeah. Resilvering on a ZFS pool to re resize, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if resilver is the word you really wanted to use, Matt. But I don't know ZFS, so yeah, maybe there's it a... might be resilver. I, for all I know, uh, ZFS has uh, a, a an encumbered. What is the term? An encumbered license on it. So, yes, that's right. So I I, I use uh, Red Hat and Fedora and that stuff and. So because the license is ZFS, uh, I, I I can't use it and wasn't, use my preferred uh, distributions. Wasn't I ButterFS meant to be an alternative? Or am I thinking of ZFS was the alternative? Uh, or not no, ZFS, ButterFS. XFS, uh, XFS I, I think Butter actually has more of the features that ZFS has. That's what I thought. Uh, and Butter actually is the default file system in Fedora nowadays. It is. Um, it, is it is. It is. Starting at Fedora... That wasn't a question. That was a statement. I no, think I know if that. you did if you did a fresh build of Fedora 33, I think you got butter. Um, you can't convert in place, as far as I know. Uh, what it comes down to is I'm due for a new laptop, and when I throw Fedora on it, it'll end up having butter on it. I'm it'll, guessing it'll sweet, be buttery butter. Yeah, buttery. FS. That does not necessarily mean it's going to land in RHEL, but uh, it it'll definitely be on my Fedora didn't, thing. Didn't they remove ButterFS from RHEL eight? So butter, butter was back and forth butter there. never made it beyond a tech preview. I think in seven, yeah, it was a tech preview with certain versions of seven. I think, and there was just never. I don't think we were ever happy enough with the maturity, and Josh, of course, provide linked provide linkiness. Yes, thank you, Jscar, and for the Fedora because Fedora, you know, despite what all the haters say, Red Hat does not own Fedora cannot order them to do anything. The Fedora community has can, decided yeah, they, they want can, to use butter. They can do what they want, right? They can, you're not my real dad. I can do what I want. <laughs> um, so I'm independent. Yeah, this, I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, that's right. We tech previewed Terrible. starting in rel six. And then it was removed from rel eight. And then uh, the again, those Fedora, those whippersnappers said, "No, no, mom and dad, we're do it. We're doing it in Fedora 33." So I, I think if it can get better, you know, betterer, then it could end up. It could end up in a rail down the road, maybe. But I don't know. That's perhaps really if it kinda, gets, it gets more buttery yeah. smooth. I mean, it's it's the default for Seuss for slash twelve. It's uh. It's in production support yeah, for but Oracle Linux, listen, but we, you know, you know how I feel about them. We are better than Slash. Mm. We're certainly better. I than you know, Oracle Linux. My, actually, if if I'm honest, Slash was the first Linux I got paid to work on. 
Yeah. Because when I joined the Linux team, we're not supposed to be telling my story tonight. No, I guess we're not. But give me a paragraph. When I joined the <laughs> Linux team in 2004 at Merck, they they had pivoted from a flavor of Red Hat to SLES 8. And we used SLES 8 for a couple of years until we then flipped back to RHEL 4. 8? I was just going to say that is a while ago. But uh, so was real uh, four. Did so. you notice how much hair I don't have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay Scar so. says he can't believe it's not butter. So, um, so well, Matt, all, all all blessings to your to your pool. May it resilver if that's really what you're doing. <laughs> that's really what we're it's assuming supposed to it's be doing. some. We're assuming it's some other some other uh, action. You're we're going to blame on. autocorrect, right? I hope I hope the data I hope the data ends up okay. <laughs> All right, so tonight, um, believe it or not, this is something folks asked for. I don't know if you remember, like two, three we months have ago. Crazy ass listeners. We do have crazy listeners. Like two or three months ago, I put a poll. Keep doing two hour podcasts. Or not even a poll, but a question up on Patreon asking people what they'd like to hear. And probably the two most popular answers were our own backstories, much like comic book characters. And uh, how, like, we got into IT or how to get into IT. So what I'm picturing in my head, and we'll see how this all pans out, is uh, we're going to, maybe not in a row, right? Like, we're going to do one tonight, and then we'll do another one some other night. Not, like, next week or not, not next show, but we'll litter these throughout. And we're, we're going to... Depends on what other stuff we come up with. Right. We're going to start by... We're going to, I'm going to give basically my IT background, my story. How did I, how did I become an IT nerd? How did I get into the industry? Uh, like what path did I take? And it's going to be part story, right? Like where did Nate come from and part, um, well, how did I get into IT, right? So that's, that's, I'm not going to say that's like an instruction manual, but it's, it's, uh, well, you know, an example of how someone got into IT and, you know, into the arguably great position that I <laughs> managed to find myself in now, right? Um, I think Mark will agree that it's a pretty good position. I, Otherwise, I, he wouldn't have talked me into coming to it. <laughs> yeah, that I still remember that lunch. You were yeah. all like, I don't know. I was worried. I don't know what I was worried about looking back. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Anyway, so we'll do me tonight, and then maybe we'll do Mark some other night. Maybe we'll do Jason if he's up for that um charles too if he wants to and and you know that's how we'll start and then i had this crazy thought that maybe we would try to find either listeners or maybe even like friends or friends of friends that also have a story right how they got into it maybe even folks that got into it a lot more recently than we did because the industry has obviously changed right so someone that's 20 years younger than me will have a whole different story right than mine Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, and, and again, Matt, if you're still listening and you haven't hung up and discussed, um, Nate and I both admitted we were ZFS noobs or uh -huh. weren't familiar with it. Apparently it thing. is Resilver because yeah. Josh looked it up. Josh you, is Josh. basically our, yeah, he's like, he's our moderator. He's like our Alfred. Our like if, our if, Alfred. We're Batman, <laughs> if we're Batman and Robin and I'm not wearing the Robin costume, so we're just going to put that right out there. Which Robin then, though? Because there's been plenty of Robins over the years. Some of them are not nearly as, as terrible as you remember. Are you thinking like Adam West, Robin? 
Well, definitely that wouldn't happen. Because if that's maybe the like, case, you're maybe right. current Teen Titans Robin. Teen Titans pretty, Robin. He's a badass. So bad. What What about like? Isn't didn't he didn't he rebrand himself to Nighthawk? Wasn't that you know? Thing he did. My daughter and I are watching better? Titans on HBO, and I think that's going to happen. Ah, EXT four, yeah. Uh, but yeah, apparently Resilver is a thing. Um, okay, so Resilver is a, is a word. It wasn't an autocorrect. Um, yeah. So what now, it does? Don't is we it look silly? Well, no, but this is where you learn stuff <laughs> yeah, all exactly. the time. He's basically copying all the data in one device from the data in parity. Okay, Resilver uh, re recopies all the data in one device from the data and parity information in the other devices. All right. Hey. So it looks like it's reconstructing data. Somehow. Hi there. Hi there, big damn hero. He oh, that's, us. uh, yeah, we play D&D with him. Maybe we could get his story, too. I'd love his story. He's I a, He's about my I, age, though, so he might have a similar story to mine. Yeah, but he landed in a, in a significantly different place. Totally. It's still <laughs> IT, and it's a, and it's a good, hey, uh, he landed that? in a it's company so, that rhymes with Mamawan. It's, it's so hazy and misty there, though. It is. There's, the there's a giant-ass river. <laughs> and and women with combat armor and spears and oh, stuff. Oh, right, right. Anyway, so uh, the point they, of the show they, tonight... They, they sell a lot of books. Anyway. They sell a lot of books. Yeah, they're totally just... They're just a big bookstore. That's mm. all they are. All right, so um, I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm Honestly, my history in technology goes way, way, way back. Like, literally most of my life. Uh, when I was a kid, right, so... My dad ran a telephone company, right? He's an he's an EE. He was an electrical engineering major at like Penn State. He was in technology before I was born, right? Mm -hmm. Like communications technology and whatnot. And that's the same sort of thing that sort of fascinated me as I grew up. So, and probably because of his influence. So literally as far back as I can remember, we had a computer in the living room and that computer was so a... Yes? I'm going to pitch you questions every so often. Feel free. Because otherwise it's a monologue. Yeah, it is. So our, when we talk about when you were little, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Can, can you give our, our, our listeners some idea of what we're talking? Like, like I, I, you're not like, you're not supposed to ask a woman her age, yeah, but right. you're not a woman. So right. like, how old are you? Nate? So, I mean, it'll be, Ish. it'll be. It'll be easy to figure out based on the technologies that I talk about, but we'll say this is okay. early 80s, right? I early was, 80s. I was literally born at you the beginning of the, the 80s, early 80s, right? Okay. So um, we had a Texas Instruments, and I do not know the model. I have not seen this computer since I was old enough to understand what it was, right? So it had a slot cartridge, a cartridge slot on the front that you could play certain games with. TI-99, um, I think? I don't know. I remember it was gray or tan. I think it was a TI-99. Could be. Had a slot on the front. It had a, oh, no, wait, it was black. Black with a silver, like, almost like brushed steel style aluminum top to it. Yeah, the T the Texas Instruments TI-99-4A. Could be. It had this little I'm Allen box on the side that had a voice box. Yeah, I'm going to th throw the message in the Twitch chat. That's, I think, the computer you're talking about. A friend of mine had could be, it. Could be. And he actually used it to help run our D&D game nice. when I was in high school. But, uh, of course, it ran basic, but it had a couple games on it that were like, my dad literally found educational games to help me learn my alphabet. So sometimes in, you know, like interviews like this or whatever, 
I say, I learned my alphabet on a computer. And at the time that I learned my alphabet, right, that's, <laughs> that's long enough ago that it was not common for people mm -hmm. to be learning their alphabet at home on their computer, right? Um, not that I was born in the, in the 60s or something when home computers were just not at all a thing, but in the early 80s, they weren't that common. Right, I'll say well, I'm the only kid I know that had one. <laughs> I was one of the first people, because I was in high school around the time you were born. Mm -hmm. I graduated high school in 85. And again, I know it's your story. But I remember when I first did a, uh, I did a report using our family computer. And I was one of the first people to actually use a word processor and print it out. We basically had to tell the teacher, like my dad, I think, had to talk to the teacher and say, look, the computer didn't write this form. Yep. I had those same conversations. Okay. It's a, it was a funny time, right? <laughs> I used to I used to do my math homework in a word processor, right? So that I could I, I don't know why I even did it. Math is not especially elementary school math. Especially not in the eighties. Because it's all columns, right? And that's not yeah. easy to do in a word processor. Especially I, in the eighties. Right. I used to type them out in a word processor. And this the teacher said the same thing to me. You had the computer do it for you. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I used a word processor. There's no, it's not like I used Excel that <laughs> do the cal calculations. Well, it would have been right? VisiCal. Yeah, it would have been something other than Excel, Excel, right? But that's the that's the point. All right. So anyway, uh, I don't know. I've never met anyone who could actually tell me they'd heard of this game, but I played a game called Hunt the Wumpus. Does that ring a bell for you? Yes! Of course, good. Hunt the Wumpus started on mainframe. This is the first computer game I think I ever played was Hunt the Wumpus on that TI. Right, Hunt like the you Wumpus. Would, you would type in, you know, a command and then it would do a thing on the screen, right? It was almost- You had a cup. How many, did, how many arrows did you? Like you had a limited number of arrows. You had to listen. It, it was a neat game. It was a text-based game. I barely remember Deduction. the rules because it was basically I would wow. sit there and my dad would play it and we would have him, we would tell him to do funny things like Zot things. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that's one of the first computer games I ever played. Anyway, I don't want to belabor each, each part of this for too long because we have about 40 years of stuff to get through considering mm -hmm. how early it gets started. Um, no after the TI... So the whole time, my dad had like a quote-unquote real computer that he did work on. Um, he had an Atari. And again, I don't know the model, but it was, this one was gray. Had those like slant-wise keys at the top. I want to say it was like a 200 series something XL. Yeah, I know the computer, but I, I'm going to try and let you monologue a bit. Again, ran basic, right? And he had come into a ton of five and a quarter inch floppy based games that we could play on this thing like it, it seemed like a limitless collection of games when i was that age right and i would mm -hmm. sit down and i'd spend hours playing you know games on on his atari uh and then of course like every kid in the 80s i eventually got a uh, nintendo and then i stopped playing games on the atari and i played the nintendo instead uh but you know that's neither here nor there but there but again right nintendo is one of those things that like every kid had and I, I honestly feel like that game system was finicky enough, right? That a lot of people have memories of like, how do I make the damn thing work after they started the to age a little bit? Yeah, the Nintendo was like, I don't know, with ours anyway, like the cartridge couldn't go all the way in. If you put it all the way in, the game wouldn't load. If you put it in like 98% of the way, the game would work, right? <laughs> like they were finicky. Once they started mm. to age, they, they were finicky. 
So, you know, it turned into like, I want to play a video game. It doesn't work. I'm a kid who doesn't have any way of like taking this to a repair shop to figure the damn thing out. Um, I need to figure this out, right? So it was kind of like a troubleshooting exercise every time I wanted to start a game. Personally, I feel like this contributed to, you know, wanting to uh, to get into the sort of field that I went into. That's the only reason I included it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Then when I was in high school, I still didn't have a real computer of my own. Uh, my dad had his Atari. I used to use that thing, again, like for some gaming, for I used it for some schoolwork. Um, then I got my hands on a... And actually, I don't even know when the thing was made. An Atandi or a Tandy color computer. Those those like beige boxes that you plugged into your I TV. I know that one too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I started learning some basic on that. Um, I never really got too proficient with basic, but I had some books and I would figure some things out. I would write some programs and make them do things. And it was it was interesting, right? But then it comes to the point where things got truly interesting, and that's where my dad finally got an actual x86 computer. He got a 486, what was it, 33 megahertz machine. Sounds right. And this thing, it was like 1992, I think. Right. And this yeah, was that, like and a, that was a decent machine in 92. It was. It was four mega memory. Four meg. <laughs> so um, that. But the only memory that mattered was conventional memory. Right, right, the 640. I could, I could go on for an hour about Aces Over Europe the flight sim that I wanted to play and how much, how oh, difficult yeah. it was and how much about DOS I had to learn to make that. Damn Absolutely. Thing work. You need it. You needed a boot disc for every single game. Cause you needed to, you needed to get the memory configuration. Just that right. game needed 610 K of conventional memory free. Yeah. Could you imagine being running your entire operating system in 30 K of memory? Yes. Cause I <laughs> that's did it what, a lot. <laughs> that's what this game allotted for. Anyway, there was um, a. That's why Microsoft eventually released MemMaker as part of uh, one of the yeah. versions of DOS, yep. which would help you create those discs to maximize conventional memory. Yeah, and that was like black friggin' magic. Yep. And me and my nerd friends would try and beat MemMaker. Like, can we do a better? Can job? I do better than MemMaker did? <laughs> and sometimes we could. I can't remember. But there was a... that was that was tight, man. Like it getting a... making those DOS games run was an art. So I... that. It, I can, if that intrigued you, man, that's that's great. I can clearly remember, like, writing a boot disk, booting it up. What was it, Mem? You ran to see the free memory on DOS. I think so. I can remember like booting it up, running Mem. Crap! Didn't get it. Reboot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fiddle this. Reboot again. No, it's you still had, not right. <laughs> yeah. What were the two files? Was it config sys and auto exec bat? Thank you. A config sys was the one I was blanking on. Yep. Config sys yep. and auto exec. Oh man, I can I can still DOS in my sleep, I think, because of how much time I spent at the DOS command line. I was one of those Windows 3.1 was like okay if I wanted to get on the internet or something, which wasn't a thing when we got this. I mean, it was a no. thing, but it wasn't a thing in our area. Um But the the amount of time I spent just at a command prompt, running games, twiddling with this, doing that, you whatever, had right? To. Right. Right. And, you know, again, I, this got me comfortable at a command prompt, right? Windows, for as long as I can remember, Windows has been the bane of my existence. <laughs> that includes back when I was trying to get Aces Over Europe running, which is literally one of the earliest experiences I had on a PC. <laughs> Sweet. So, anyway, 
Uh, then I figured out how to dial into BBSs from that thing. Uh, because again, no internet yet, right? So we're doing dial-up BBSs. And this is a hobby that has persisted throughout the rest of my life. I still run a BBS today that you can go in and play Trade Wars, right? Tellerina. Tellerina. Tellerina is currently broken on there, but, but believe it oh, or not, wow. and this is probably a whole, we could, I've actually been thinking about doing this. We should do another show on this, but uh, there is, so the, the BBS package that I ran or the BBS that I used to connect to and now run now, run was called the Major, the Major BBS by Galacticom. Galacticom went basically bankrupt, right? And all of its IP was held up by a bank, right? There's a guy who tracked it down and bought all of that IP from the bank probably 10 years ago at this point. And he's, he's just now finally getting enough traction to revitalize the code base. They just made it, well, they're just about to make a new release. They're going to release version 10 of the major BBS. And uh, it's pretty damn cool. It's called the Major BBS Restoration Project. If anybody's interested in that sort of thing, there's a Facebook group at the moment. That's probably the best way to get into it and start start poking around. But if you're into that scene, check it out. There's also, I'll have to get the URL. I think it's just themajorbbs.com. There's a message forum there where you can get involved. But anyway, that's not what today's about. But what I want to do is bring, his name's Rick. I want to bring him on the show some night and we'll talk about that. Uh, folks, if you're interested in that, let me know and I'll speed up the process because I already started the conversation with him and we just never finished it. So anyway, back to my story, right? So BBSing was awesome and it fascinated me. The fact that over a phone line from my dad's office, I could dial into a computer somewhere else and talk to other people that were all doing the same thing by dialing in to, you know, this board. Um, sure. We could play games together. We could use, we could use the board as a go-between to network Doom for four players, people. Four! <laughs> it was... That, that was major. It was! People don't, people don't... People today just take this stuff for granted. Well, it used to be... A network game was played over a serial cable. Peer-to-peer. One-to-one. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, you were I, right I, next I, to the person you were playing. It wasn't across yeah. the internet. It wasn't across... You could do it over a phone line. But again, one-to-one, two players, that's all you could have because it was a direct connection from one to the other. Correct. When these, I, I, I want to say things like the major BBS's game connection was one of probably the first things that enabled more than two-player games. I mean, I don't know what else existed around the time. It's the first one well, I knew of. You had, um, there were a couple of major, there were a couple of services like CompuServe. Oh, right. Or, um... Uh, oh God, what was the one that Gemstone was on? Uh, so my friend Jim would remember that. There was, but they there were was like Prodigy, they, there was CompuServe, there was AOL. This is even before AOL, but there was another. This, th- this stuff was like pay by the hour level. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like it was like it was built in the same way that like long distance phones, uh, phone dialing was built. Like yeah. the amount of time you were connected, you were built for. Yeah. Yeah. When I tell my story, maybe I'll tell the tale of Gemstone and the $500 a month. Part of that was toll call. Part of that was connectivity. Ooh. I had a job so I could fortunately pay. Yeah. But a lot I, of people st- didn't. I, I, I stopped playing Gemstone after that point. So 
Anyway, oh, JSCAR is already doing the digging. He found the MajorBBS.com slash Phoenix. Uh, Project Phoenix is what they're calling the revitalization, like the new release of the Major BBS is codenamed Project Phoenix. That actually goes back to when Galacticom was still grasping at straws to get themselves out. This was like right when the internet was starting to get popular and Galacticom was failing money-wise. They had all these great ideas and they bundled them up in this thing they called Project Phoenix. And that was going to save Galacticom. But basically the banks came calling too early and, well... They got gobbled up. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so where was I? 486 BBSs. Um, then I got finally my own x86 machine, which was probably two years after my, maybe a year after my dad got his. Um, and this, this was a, a 486, 66 megahertz, twice as fast as my dad's. And it had a math coprocessor. An eight gig of memory. I mean, I was it was flying. It was awesome. Um, I played a lot of Doom on that thing. I mean, you see the poster. I do. There's a reason I have that poster. That's that came in the box when I bought Ultimate Doom, new in the late nineties. <laughs> so anyway, um, and that you know, having my own machine that I could like actually tinker on, I could break and fix on my own without having without interrupting my dad and his stuff that he had to do on his on his computer was game changing because or maybe even life changing maybe even life changing because you know like tinkering with the auto exec bat to get aces over europe running if i broke crap all i had to do was figure out how to fix it i didn't have to worry about whether my dad had a spreadsheet he had to work on that night yeah uh so you know it was good to have my own finally and i could tinker with it and i could change things and that is what led me into linux because I, at the time, I had this fascination with just software in general. Not writing software or anything, but just like getting it and tinkering with it and trying it out. And I, I learned yep. about the concept of a network operating system. And I was looking at like Windows NT. I even pirated a copy of Windows NT 351. Yarrr! Yes, I was quite the pirate back in those days. Uh, all the FTP <laughs> addresses I had memorized... Well, you probably passed the statute of limitations. Yeah, so all the downloads I did over dial-up. I downloaded Windows NT over dial-up from an FTP site through the BBS, <laughs> right? It took all and five, night. And 351 was rough. It was. When it I was. got, when I, well, again, I don't, this is about you, but 351 was actually used as a desktop operating system yep. at Merck when I started there. Yeah, yeah, in Windows in the 90s. Windows NT had this concept of client versus server builds, right? So there was yes, a server build of each one and a client build of each one. Um uh the Windows NT kernel is what I believe what Windows runs on today. It, it's it, it's a much it's newer the evolved version. Yeah, the yeah. much evolved version of it, right? But NT Which was which is if you look at the actual if you look at the the, the two major OSs that you and I use Linux obviously comes from a Unix background yep. where Windows NT, a lot of the concepts were first were, were pioneered on the VAX. Yep. So it, 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 it's that old Unix versus versus the VAX again. It still is. It still is. <laughs> I think I think I'm right with that. I think you're right. I did hear that it was based on a Unix like kernel, but I never really dug into where exactly it came from. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, check gonna that dig out. into that. 
But yeah, well, Windows, Josh is doing a, f- a fantastic is. job. If if anybody wants links for any of this stuff, it's all in the Twitch chat. Go over to Twitch. <laughs> Josh is sharing them left and right. Um, we're gonna have to copy all these down and throw them into the show notes because crap. In fact, Josh, to just copy them all down. Email them to me later. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, NT three five one. Download it over dial up. OS2 Warp. I had a friend copied OS2 Warp onto like 127 floppies for me. So I could try that out. OS2 Warp had this cool thing where you could literally run a little app and it would make floppies for you. I don't know how they thought that wasn't going to get abused. Mm. (laughs) I tried to run Warp, but I had hardware that was unreliable, so it would often just explode. I I ran it more or less because I was really curious, right? Right. I didn't. I never really got anything productive done on Warp, but it was neat. No. It was a neat operating well, system. You got to remember, those were the days when when it was Windows three one one, and Windows three one one was inherently unstable. So mm-hmm. the promise of Warp was you could have a rock solid stable OS and then run essentially virtualized yep. mach- virtualized instances of Windows 3.1.1 on top of it. Mm-hmm. Gee, that sounds kind of familiar, right? It does, doesn't it? <laughs> and, but I, ne- I had a 3.86 that would cry every time I would try to do that. Yep, I ran it on my little 4.86. In fact, I still have a CD somewhere of OS2 Warp, but no, I have not been able to find a modern virtualization engine that will let me run it. Hmm, so. interesting. It was very particular about its hardware so particular yeah oh yeah i remember it was quite in fact i I don't know if i ever got sound working on warp i doubt it i remember correctly but anyway um right so warp was fun but anyway there was there's a point to all this story about operating systems and that is i was just like fascinated with this idea of alternatives to windows and on top of that there's a reason i pirated all of this i had no money i was a kid i was still a high school kid right um, I didn't work in high school. I get probably, a job. Sh- probably should have, but I didn't get, a, get job. a job. Right. And if you had gotten a job, you weren't going to be using the money to buy an operating system. No, I'd be buying a bike or a car <laughs> or getting a girlfriend or something. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe it's a good thing. I didn't have a job anyway. Um, get I, I, I would have bought a Jeep a lot sooner is really what that would have been. And probably. I, I Let, let's ended up it. in a terrible car accident. <laughs> but so you became fascinated with operating systems yet you had no money right. and it was and the this is and the, now we're coming into the late 80s this is the late 90s at or the point. late 90s yeah. so i'm yeah. in i'm in high school um when i was in high school we even did this cool like you all know what's gonna happen right we did late this, 90s no money loves operating yeah systems. right we did this Spoiler cool project alert. where we we actually ran a network in the high school i went to a tech school right Mm-hmm. Uh, much to the chagrin of all of the academics around me. Oh, you'll never go anywhere if you go to a tech school. Man, look at what a failure you are Look what today. a failure I am today. Uh, anyway, but we ran a network. I built, I helped help build 130 computers, right? We ran Ethernet throughout the whole freaking building. It was a hell of a time. We did this all in my senior year. And of course it ran Windows NT. Um, yeah. Which gave me my first taste of running client and server operating systems. And the whole thing just fascinated me. And someone's like, hey, have you ever heard of Linux? I'm like, no, what's that? And they go, it's a free operating system. I'm like, free? You had me at free. <laughs> yeah. So um, at the time, these don't really happen anymore because they all kind of turned into just like like flea markets. But 
there used to be this concept of a computer show, right? Well, Trend you, you Computer Festival. That. Yeah. Well, there was one in Allentown, which is not far from where I am. It's like an hour away. At the Man, it's right over there. Yeah, right that way, I think. Um, right over there. Yeah, right over there. Allentown. So uh, my dad and I used to go to this computer fair. Uh, mm -hmm. I even built a computer at one of these once. So did he, I think, at one point. Um, and I found Red Hat Linux 5.0 there. This is not Red Hat Enterprise Linux. This is yeah. Red Hat Linux 5.0. This is before so, RHEL was a thing. I found my box of Red Hat Linux, and I think it's 5.1, but it's sitting next to my Fedora now. Yeah, I think and I... again, I, not RHEL, yeah, Red Hat. Right, it was still like the gray, grayish-white box. I mean, I can get up and... But I'll, I'll have to... Yeah, hang on. Right. I think I still have the manual that I got with my Red Hat 5.0 disk. We're waiting for Mark. Yeah, it's just, that's the box. That's the one I remember. Anyone who's not watching the stream is like, what are they talking about? Mark has a Red Hat Linux 5.1 box. Yeah, this is, I bought this at, when I was at Merck to install it on my ThinkPad. Yeah. And some of the features were, you got a robust multitasking workstation, a robust. powerful internet web server, a Unix compatible computer with a 32-bit development platform, it included Netscape Navigator and Netscape <laughs> Communicator. Yes, Netscape Communicator. It uh, you had BRU Personal Edition to back things up, uh, auto detection and configuration of hardware, and easy hard disk partitioning. I don't easy. know if I'd agree with that. Quote unquote easy. <laughs> yeah. Runs on IBM compatible PCs from the older 386 models to the newest Pentium 2s. Pentium 2. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 5.0. It took me... And we had bonus CDs filled with a bunch of stuff. I, I picked up yeah. Red Hat Linux 5. X window, X window windowing yep. system. Yeah. I picked it up, yeah. I think, at the beginning of a summer vacation, right? And it took me probably the first three weeks of summer vacation just to get it running on my machine. Because I, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about it. I'd read some articles about it. I'd read some how-tos on what it is and whatever. And um, it's funny. You remember ICQ? Yes, it was a, it was a chat, chat network. Yeah, it was one of the one of the first quote-unquote instant messaging chat networks. Them and AOL Instant Messenger got their start around the same time, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, but ICQ just ran over TCPIP. You didn't yep, you didn't need to, to be, be an AOL, AOL customer to use it. Um, so, you know, it was one of the first quote unquote open chat platforms, except it wasn't open in the true sense of open. But anyway, it was yeah, open to and people. I, IRC right? is laughing at you. But IRC anyway. is laughing at me. Uh, well, right. But instant messaging. Now, I don't mean chat, instant messaging. I might have said chat. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. my point is um, I met this guy on ICQ. I don't even remember how. I forget even how you found people on ICQ that weren't people you already knew and exchanged information I with don't know but um he was this self-proclaimed hacker and he was the one that told me to pick up red hat linux now that i remember um he was on red hat linux 4 right and i i, I grabbed 5 so when i got it and installed it i'm asking him for help like hey how does this work how does that work what do i do here what do i do there and he's giving me all the suggestions and there were just enough differences between 4 and 5 that half of them didn't work <laughs> yeah <laughs> right big surprise yeah so um Anyway, I got that working on that 486. I even got it dual booting so that my machine could boot into Windows. Was it 95? 95. Or, Probably 95 at that point. Yeah, or uh, or Red Hat Linux. And that was just the start of it. I think that, 
I bought Red Hat Linux 5.0, 5.1, and 5.2. And then when 6.0 came out, I started downloading instead because then I learned, right? You could just download the R- you could download the ISO or you could download the RPMs. Right, but so that's okay because you, at that point, you probably still needed a CD burner because were USB bootable sticks a thing yet? No, absolutely yeah. not. So you downloaded <laughs> the ISO and you needed a CD burner to, to make the literal CD. Yeah, I didn't have one, but I had a friend who had one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, that was, you know, it, it was just like a whole new world, right? I didn't have to go a to a whole store. New if I remember, yeah, I spent song I spent Aladdin. a whopping twenty or thirty bucks for that Red Hat Five O disc. Windows was over a hundred bucks at the time, yeah. right? So to me, this was like amazing. I don't mind putting a little extra work in to make the thing work. Uh, but anyway, that led into like, okay, now once I had it running, what can I do with this thing? Um, when I went to college, I got a new computer, so now I could dedicate the four eighty six to running Linux, and I could run like workstationy style stuff and go you know, get classwork and stuff done on the other machine. Um, but I always wanted a Linux desktop. Like, didn't we all back then? Didn't we all it want to was, pitch windows? <laughs> it was a dream. It was an objective for a lot of us. And yeah. I remember trying out lots of early window managers, things like after step and stuff like that. After step. Enlight- enlightenment. Enlightenment. Like, I looked at that I just a, the other day. I had it's a still badass. Around. I had a badass desktop on my Slackware laptop. Enlightenment was, was awesome. Cool. I'm, I, it was cool. And it's, like I said, it's still around. It doesn't work that well on Fedora. In fact, which one is? I was just reading about this the other day. There is a distro that still uses Enlightenment as its default I've window just, manager. I just have caved and used GNOME because yeah, I use it GNOME as works. Well. Yeah, I've, I've tried a handful of I've, others, and they none of them quite have the polish of GNOME. Maybe it's just because I'm used to all the quirks of GNOME. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, yeah but Enlightenment I, it is was, awesome. It was cool setting it up because After Step was sort of like that whole next... Yes. UI paradigm. The which thing was I really loved cool. was and that then you Enlightenment could, had so much had so much eye candy and you so could much decorate window borders in Afterstep, right? Yeah. And in Enlightenment, yeah. you could not only decorate them, you could actually have like effects off of them. Or like Oh, you could go crazy. It was insane. You could go ham. Yeah. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Spinning you could have spinning cube workspaces. Yep. I mean, yep. you could do crazy shit. And nowadays, you're like, yeah, yeah, it sort of looks yeah. like a Mac, and I'm okay with that. I'm not sure I care about all that anymore. <laughs> I just want a thing to work. Yeah. No, I just use a web browser all the time. <laughs> so um, this is all before I ever had a job in IT, and that's kind of my point. Now, the reason I told you all of this is because I wanted to kind of illustrate how this isn't just a career path to me. Uh, when I got to the college level, still, no job. I started a job right around the time I started college, but... I was still very new in the industry. I had this opinion because so there was there was a steel mill here in the Lehigh Valley that closed down right around the time I went to college. And all of those steel workers were now, now living here in Allen yep. town. They were all out of the, the Billy Joel song is really about Bethlehem steel. I think you're like, right. Yeah, anyway, I am right. The um where was I going with this? Oh, all these all these steel workers are now go? out of jobs, right? And one of the things that happened when Bethlehem Steel closed is they gave them all money to go back to college and re-educate, right? So when I went to college, I was surrounded by like half the class were these Bethlehem Steel workers who didn't have jobs. And they're like, computers, that's the thing, right? That's the thing that we have to learn now because it's the 90s and it's computers, right? 
So this very early on formed my opinion that there's two different type of people in IT. There are the people who are in IT because they are passionate, and there are people who are in IT because they think it's a place to make money. Both of those career paths are valid. I told you this whole story to illustrate how I'm one of the ones that are passionate. <laughs> as if that didn't, as if that wasn't apparent, right? Um, right, so college, I went to, I call it college. It's really, it was a business school. I got a degree out of it. I guess it's college, I don't know. The place is since closed up and gone. I don't know if my degree is even worth anything, like if those credits would be worth a damn thing. Um, but, you know, I have an associate's degree. And I started working at a little ISP in this area called Pentella Data. I started in level one tech support. Oh, wait, I skipped a piece. I spent one day as a dishwasher in a restaurant. That was technically my first job. Uh, I was 17 and my parents wouldn't let me continue working there because the hours of a restaurant cut me there past midnight. Oh, no. <laughs> so one day I spent as a, as a dishwasher. And then I started my career in IT, uh, working in level one tech support. And I want to tell you, I, I only told you that I worked as a dishwasher because I think it was a better job than working level one tech support. <laughs> it was just, it was easier, probably less work. <laughs> it was yeah. wetter. That's probably the only downside. I got wet <laughs> as a dishwasher. <laughs> so, so before, so DNF search after step. So Josh provided the uh, website for Afterstep, which it's is with the manager I used to use. Yeah, I actually just did a Git clone, but before I compile it from source, um, I'm seeing it does not seem to be pre-compiled for Fedora. That's that's so. Um, I am about to come to. I'm about to start compiling um, Afterstep. That's Afterstep awesome. from source because I actually know how to do that shit. I want to know if it works. You're gonna know. Uh, let's see here, because it should compile pretty quickly on my system. So let's look at the uh, install. So slash config dot slash configure. Oh, dot slash. And this so is where you find see. all the dependencies you don't have. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Yep. So let's this see, is where if the, it can get through configure. We're in good shape, I figure. This is where the actual career part of this this talks. We're forty five minutes in. I'm finally getting into the career part. Um, Level one tech support, while it sucked, like having, I was, I was level one ISP tech support. So like grandma that couldn't connect to the internet would call me because her modem wouldn't connect. Anyone who remembers how to dial into anything with a modem will tell you it sucked. Like there was so much that could go wrong. There could be noise on your phone line. You, there could be like, oh, and then, and then it was, I've got a, I've got a 14.4 modem and I only connected at 9,600. What's wrong? I want to go faster. I'm paying for 14.4. <laughs> like it would make a damn difference, right? Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, so what it did do for me, though, is it taught me patience, dealing with people that just don't know a dang thing about computers, right? That takes patience. And I saw a lot of people at that level of support flat out crack there were a lot of very just not nice people yeah. that worked in that in that role. I did it for seven years. No, five years. I did, it, I did it for five years, right? And then I, then I finally moved up to a network level position, which was basically, the, it was, this was kind of a combination of level two support, but not for the dial-up folks, 
but like for commercial customers, people who paid for a commercial cable modem or, or ISDN. You remember ISDN? Is that still a thing? Anyone do ISDN anymore? I think like... Uh, uh, not usually. I mean, there are people who, because of where they live, ah, uh, we got an error one when I was compiling. Are you going to troubleshoot that? Uh, <laughs> in function, implicit declaration... Oh, I don't know how I don't know how I deal with this. Totally broken. Yes, Error. bonded ISDN. You get a whole 128k. <laughs> it was amazing times, um, but it did again. It taught me troubleshooting skills. Um, I was one of those techs who wouldn't just push people off. Um, I would try my damnedest to fix issues for customers, and unfortunately, that didn't get me the best call numbers got me happy customers right but, but i didn't i didn't respond to calls quickly so i was actually one of like the quote-unquote worst texts they had because i wasn't answering calls quickly enough mm. like the number of times i would i would get quote-unquote disciplined because you know so and so down the cubicle row had twice as many calls as i did in a month like well sorry how many customers did they fix? <laughs> because the percentage for me is pretty damn high. But anyway, um, before they got too strict on it, on like what we can support and what we can't, I actually walked someone through uh, FDisk <laughs> over the phone once because I knew it that well from all those days in DOS. Um, MS-DOS FDisk, helping them repartition their damn hard drive. Um, yeah. I remember one time someone called in because Windows Explorer was broken. So they would try to start their machine up and explorer.exe wouldn't start. It would crash. Probably some kind of a virus or malware or something. But I walked them through switching. If you remember, you could switch the, the Windows INI back to Program Manager from the Windows 3.1 days. I walked them through that over the phone once. Again, this is all stuff we weren't allowed to do, right? This was stuff we were not supposed to do. But again, I was actually helping people, um, but not helping my call numbers. So anyway. Oh, boy. Network support was a much better place for me to be because I got exposed to some Cisco stuff. But what I really wanted to do was server stuff. I wanted to be, there was also a systems group at this same, at this same ISP. And the systems group was less about the ISP and more about the, well, they did do plenty of the ISP related stuff. Like they managed DNS, they managed email, but they also managed like all the desktops and they managed the network within the building and, you know, things like that. Um, I wanted to be there. And I tried so many times to get into that position. I probably interviewed for those the position in a position in that group like six times. In the total seven years I worked at that ISP, I spent another two years or one year, I think it was two years in the network support role after I got out of tech support. And they kept telling me, no, they didn't think I was going to be a good sysadmin. They thought I couldn't do the job. They thought this, they thought that, whatever. Oh, dear. I know, right? Wish they could see me now. Maybe That's they do. Just rude. Wonder if they're watching the show right now. If you're watching the show, you. I'm talking about you. <laughs> I'm smart, Mikey. Yeah, right. So uh, eventually, I got fed up, and I got a job working for this little web host. Get a job. Get a job. Um, Get a job. They. I worked at this place for two years. There were two of us, two admins. Uh, when I was hired, there was a senior admin, and then I was hired in as a junior admin because while this guy recognized that I had talent, I still didn't have experience, so I was a junior admin. Um, 
And at this place, I got to use every single skill I had ever learned <laughs> in computers. I had to deal with Windows servers. I had to deal with Linux servers. I had to deal with FreeBSD servers, which, by the way, I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> I have scars. Mm. I had to deal with... Um, Oh, I got I got introduced to like information security because one thing you learn as a web host admin is that everybody wants to break into web servers. Yes, and that's where the good stuff is. A lot of them in that era were successful, and <laughs> I had to fix them because God forbid we re we rebuilt a server. No, we had to recover a server because there's customer data on there. What? Yeah. What do you mean backups? <laughs> this is yeah. customers. They're not paying us for backups. Anyway, yeah, the, 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 the we weren't having the discussions about cattle and pets. Yeah, right, right. So um, it was really a trial by fire. And the senior admin, again, because it was trial by fire, this place was really difficult to work for. There was so much to do, so little staff, so many servers. I mean, we probably had, by the time I left there, there were probably 120 servers being managed by two people, right? Which maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but all of them were on fire. <laughs> Just imagine 120 servers, they're all on fire and it's your job to make them not on fire or at least make the fire cool enough <laughs> that it's still livable. You know, like there's a fire over there. I just keep spraying a little water on it, but don't actually put the fire out so I can still be here talking to you. Right. I just every now and then throw a bucket on there. Right. That's what it was like working for this place. When you were on call, you got called in three times a week. Easy. At 2 a.m. It was always 2 a.m. <laughs> always. Anyway, I'm a little passionate about this. Would you would you would you mind peeing on this fire, please? Yeah, right. Can you can you please just just no, don't put it out. Don't fix it. Just just make it right. so the customer can't see it. So uh, I think I found I think I found a compiled version of After Step Fedora. <laughs> You're still on this. So now I just installed the repo that should contain it. Now I'm doing the Oh, no match for After Step. Oh no. But I also had to deal with networking gear. I had to deal with switches. I had to deal with Cisco. I had to deal with routing. We had point-to-point -point T1s with a bunch of car dealerships that are in the area. I had to deal with those. I had to physically go out on site to these car dealerships every so on, so often when they have issues with the, the routing equipment we had there. I had, I had just, I had my hands in so many technologies there and was responsible for so many things that even though it sucked, even though I, I, I didn't get to sleep, uh, which, by the way, prepared me for parenthood. Anyone who thinks kids keep you up at night, try working at AccuFind Internet Services. They're gone now, by the way. I can probably say that now. Um, when I got a job offer to move into higher ed, it was like I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> because I went from this place that was just constantly smoldering to a place that actually had a little bit of money and actually invested it in infrastructure. It was insane, right? I spent 10, I spent two years at the web host. I spent 10 in higher ed. And to be honest, most of that 10 years, I was pretty convinced that this was the place I was going to retire from because the team was awesome. The technologies I was working with, which was primarily RHEL, there was some SUSE, some SLES, mm -hmm. um, Novell Network. Who remembers Novell Network? We, helped, we had Novell Network for a while. Um, and, uh, well, basically this was, this is where I really like grew into an actual responsible admin because 
Now, instead of having to put out fires, I could do proactive work. I could do things to make things better so that they wouldn't catch fire and fall over, right? And that was a really good experience. Like that was, that was just terrific. Um, unfortunately, after some years, the guy who was the boss there left and actually went to Red Hat. <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good mate. Which was, you know, good for him, right? Um, and then the guy they hired to replace him really took things in a different direction that I really didn't like. And, uh, well, the whole play, the whole thing just kind of went sour. But then this guy named Mark, who I met through the Red Hat Accelerators, um, suggested this, this role at this little place called Red Hat. So, you know, now I'm a technical account manager. And I got to be honest, it's probably one of the best roles I've ever had. The college was good, don't get me wrong. Sysadmin at the college, in its heyday, was a really good position. Like, if things had stayed the way they were, I don't know if I ever would have left there. But, and, and, you know, and, things change. And, and when I tell my story, there's going to be a similar theme about yeah. Mark. Sorry, I took a sip and got one of the ice cubes. No, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, different direction equals manager skills sucked. I'm going to say, so, here's the thing. Looking back at it now, now that I'm out of the situation, it's not as frustrating now as it was two years ago when I was still, like, in it. Um, I'm going to say that 90% of the quote-unquote different direction that I didn't like was the way it was delivered, right? So it was, and anybody who's thinking about IT management, maybe this is a good lesson. The guy didn't come out and tell you anything. He didn't, he didn't say, this is the new direction. He didn't say, we're thinking of moving all of our stuff to AWS. He didn't say, you know, we're thinking of turning down the SAN and going to cloud storage. He didn't the say any of that. keeping us down. Right. He would make these little suggestions, right? And some of them I thought were bad ideas. So since they were just quote-unquote suggestions, I continued going under the, the assumption that your senior system administrator's opinion meant something, mm. right? And when things weren't pushed in one direction or the other, I thought, you know, things are fine, right? Well, really all he was doing was pulling the strings behind my back until basically we were moving to the cloud, right? And that- This magical land. Right. Where, where no IT skills are required. Right, and while, Oops. while I don't love- Oops. <laughs> I, I still think that the infrastructure we had at the college when we had the expertise to run it was probably one of the best at our level of liberal arts colleges, right? Our peers could not hold a candle to the IT infrastructure that we had when we had the expertise because we had some freaking awesome employees. We had... A systems and a network team that could, I mean, we all came, several of us came from that same ISP, right? Um, three of us, in fact, Jason being one of the, you know, the, the co-host of this show, the guy who started mm -hmm. the show with me. We used to work at the college together. He was, he was the lead network engineer for a while. And the two of us could cook up some amazing infrastructure, right? But eventually it was like, there was no more, um, no more interest in that. There was no interest in Let's do it ourselves and do it well. It was, why don't we just pay someone else to do it? And that, I think, is what really bothered me. 
because I'm a do-it-yourself kind of guy, right? So it's kind of ironic that now I work for, I'm basically someone they pay to, I don't really do things like, I don't do things for them. Never mind. <laughs> so yeah, that is, in a nutshell, uh, where I went from, you know, way back when and into IT and how I got to where I am now. So folks, I, I guess I am sort of curious like what you guys think of the path. I'm curious what you think of the, this format, what you think of this course, this sort of segment. Um, I've gone on for an hour now already, I think. Yeah, because we started, believe it or not, we started at 7, 7.01. Yeah. No, that was that yeah. was a fine tale. You still trying to build after step? Uh, I'm gonna put a pin in that for now because <laughs> no, so so the pre-compiled repos seem to be pointing at the Fedora 34 version, and I'm running on 33, so I don't want to start doing the mental efforts to do this properly while trying to also be the co-host of the Iron Sys admin. Yeah, right. I don't Especially think that, I don't think that's fair to our guests. Since we're getting I out of the monologuing part. I still, th still think we should do a live install of Red Hat 5 yes. on a VM on a show. I, I agree. Think, I agree. I think that would be super we should, fun. Maybe we should and just, not do, just do it on a show night. And not just do a live install, but then try and do something crazy like, all right, let's, um, I don't know, like try to either play a current web-based game or like install Afterstep or what, something, something. We, we could probably install Afterstep pretty easy. Isn't that just like... Find it on the on the on the disk and install it. Isn't it? Mm, I don't think it should. No, AfterStep did not ship with Red Hat. You had to, to find, compile from source. I bet. I bet RPM Find still has AfterStep for Red Hat Five. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But you you had to compile a lot of stuff. Yeah, put it on the internet without a firewall. How fast would it melt? That's hilarious. This um, was before SSH, guys. Red Hat Five shipped out of the box with Telnet enabled. I don't know if SSH was even an option. Uh, I don't remember that, but I think you're friggin' right. Well, I mean, I know mine was telling that because that's how people kept breaking it, breaking into it on me. Yeah, I don't. Wow. <laughs> it huh. may have it may have had SSH, but I didn't know what it was. But yeah, Telnet was open. That was the way. I you, remember you the first it, time though. I used SSH keys. I thought they were magic. I'm like, oh, how yeah. can this be secure? I don't have to type a password. Yeah, right. It's because it's cryptography. Yeah. I just what, thought it was so cool. I didn't have to we, type a password. What we called tell or what what we called crypto before there was crypto. Yeah, <laughs> cryptocurrencies. That is. Maybe we'll talk about that later. That's the uh, thing I want to talk about. Cryptocurrencies bore me. We're going to talk about that just briefly. No. I kind of wish Jason was on for what I want to talk about, but oh well. Yeah. Especially since you don't like cryptocurrencies. No, it's not that I don't like them. I mind a little bit of Bitcoin. Don't know where my wallet is. That's decided, why you don't like it. <laughs> well, decided it wasn't worth it. And burning out my graphics card, and I'm just uh, like idiots get excited about it, so and still make poor decisions around it. But I think it's got that some interesting. It's got some interesting ideas. Also, the same people who are like all concerned about like greenhouse gases and climate change and shit also tend to be similar people who hype cryptocurrency, which tells me they really don't understand how much power is burned generating cryptocurrency so that's yeah, right? what we call hypocrisy and if there's one thing you can't stand it's hypocrisy right i i have a low tolerance for hypocrisy even though i'm I often agree. very good at it myself no what are you talking about 
I can be pretty good at it. But but that doesn't mean I like it. It's right. one of it's one of the human traits I like the least, especially when I find it in myself. But yeah. That's all. That's like the iPhone user bitching about um you know, China when their iPhone is built in China. Right. <laughs> right. All right, or so capitalism. Folks- uh, yeah. We got we got some folks in chat that say they liked this, so cool. I'm glad you guys liked it. Um, we'll probably do more of these, especially if folks like them. Um, maybe we'll do Mark next. I don't know. Depends on. Uh... Oh, hey now. Yeah, yeah, right. That just sounds bad. It's anyway. fine. <laughs> I like telling my story. Right. So we'll get Mark's story, and then we'll see if Jason's I like on board. Uh, pe- people are people are storytellers, right? Yeah. I think I think that's a big part of human nature. So telling each other stories, uh, you know, spinning, spinning tales. I, I think that's such a human thing. And and it's something I've always really enjoyed. I, I love doing it. And this could be similar between the two of us because uh, we both have a background in scouting. I think there's a time shift. But there's... I think when, when I tell mine, it's going to sound a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, because of the time that I came into computers, yeah, and and it's actually shocking how young I was making money because of my computer knowledge, and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking about how like how much emphasis there was when I was in the Scouts uh, on like the ability to tell a story, right. Oh yeah, and I I think maybe that's part of it. I like to tell a story, especially a we story. We don't have that, time that, to tell it now. Thank you, Code Tell City. it now, yeah, right. Tell it now. We would basically just the whole show would be us telling. No, we got to do ourselves. the rest of our Iron Society yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, so n- next time, next time, next it'll time. keep. We'll keep you coming back for more. Yep. And then I do want, uh, I do want to get our buddy, uh, the 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 what is his nick. Big damn because hero. I don't want to use his real name. Big damn hero. Yeah, I want to get big damn hero on the Iron Sysadmin, whether it's his story or whether yeah. talking about life at a certain giant ass company. If you're still listening, now, Mister Big Damn Hero, you were in chat a minute yeah. ago or a, a while ago, but uh, yeah, we're gonna have to have to badger him until he gets on the show. Yeah, he's worried about. I know nervous but, or something. Yeah, you know, I used to be nervous about getting on here, but the alcohol clears that up a little bit. Absolutely. Plus, with the with the cat with the people we've had on here and the people who've had to have watched us and neither of us have gotten fired yet, I I think we've I think we found a happy medium. Look, was I, that was was that cool or what? Having Rich on last time that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, we've had Rich, we've He's had still Chris here. Wright, we've had we've had a few uh, big names on. Chris here. Wright was pretty cool. I got to say, I never yeah. I never did I expect <laughs> to have someone like Chris Wright on the show. That was awesome. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Iron Scissorman podcast? If you are, don't forget you can support the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash Or you can buy merchandise at teespring.com slash stores slash And thank you. We're back, folks. Tell me in the chat, do you like the music, the hold music, or the waiting music? Because I love it. <laughs> I don't get to hear it during the show, but I get to hear it when hear I'm it. doing post. And uh, sometimes I will sit watching the YouTube video because I have to put markers in it. That's what I do. If, if you look back at any of our old YouTube videos, there's markers that, that let you jump to different parts of the show. Sometimes I will get lost in just listening, 
listening to the intro we've got, music. We've got we've got some yes votes. <laughs> yeah. Who is Wants it? Wants to know who is it? Oh. They are just some random tracks I picked up from the YouTube Creator Library, which the reason I used that is because it's royalty free, royalty free on YouTube. No takedowns for the win. Twitch has never given me a complaint. One of them apparently is encumbered only on Facebook. Because we stream to Facebook. Facebook complains to me every time we do a stream. They don't take the show down. They just mute that part of the show. I Facebook don't know. can bite yeah, everybody. Right. I don't know how many viewers we're really getting through Facebook, but I do it because we're able to. Yeah. <laughs> I never, when, Even when I post on the Facebook and I did take a break, but now I'm back after calming down. I always either tonight. Tonight I put the Twitch stream. I usually drop the YouTube stream in. Yeah, yeah. So that's I can certainly get you all of the. Uh, in fact, I looked into. I thought this would be a simple thing. Isn't this in the agenda? Isn't this in the notes every week? Like at the bottom of the notes? No. So the intro music that I put in the notes because that's licensed under Creative Commons and I have to attribute. So that's in the show notes. It's um, also sort of our theme song. It is sort of our theme song. And it's a good song. I like it. That's Tritachion by... Or no, Tritachion is the group. I have to look it up. They should just rename it the Iron Sysad. It is Tritachion by Digital MK2. They should just rename it the Iron Sysad. It's a good it's song. Really I've used it. Theme song now. I've used it in a few YouTube videos on my Jeep channel just because I had it handy. And I just think it's mm. an awesome song. <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's uh, Creative Commons. You can find it on... Um, the free music archive. That's where I got it from. But anyway, yeah, the others, if you guys are interested, I can get you a list of uh, what they are. But yeah, there you go. It's good. So, Cure, Cure, Curetzy? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Curie, as, as the as part of Italian, I want to call him Curiziti. Like the delicious pasta. <laughs> There's too many vowels in that name. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... Uh, I'm mostly German and Italian. Yeah. So I switch to whichever one is convenient for the for the stereotype at the moment. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the part of the show where we give you guys our usual housekeeping stuff. Uh, the first thing we do in housekeeping is thank all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. Yay! A few of you are watching live right now. I'm going to have to cut that one out, though. That was even better. <laughs> it was all over yeah. the place, Mark. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got 21 patrons getting us about 108 a month, which is pretty damn cool, considering oh, where song, we came from. Yeah, 21 patrons, not as cool a song as 21 pilots. And by the way, my daughter's telling me that there's not actually 21 pilots in that band. It's just like two guys. So that seems like false advertising. Totally is. Are either of them pilots? Probably not. So it's Man. total garbage. Total fake. Total fake. All right. So, uh, right. We're going to read a list now. Can I Can I read the list, Mark? Mm, sure. Okay. While your mouth is full of bourbon? Mm, yeah. Right. So. I'm surprised they didn't try and breathe. Aranami, <laughs> Andrew, Tatro, Rudis God, Bruce, Robert, Matt, David, Solemn with a three in it and a zero, I think. Uh, Trooper Ish, Linux Sys 666, Gimpy B, Mark with a K, Dementor. John, the nice guy, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy, Jay, Charles, and our good old friend, 22532. Two. Two, indeed. Our favorite patron. Our favorite. Actually, we love all our yeah, patrons. Yeah, there is but no two favorite is patron. Our, 
two is the one that I, you know, mad cred because two stood with us first long before my time even. Yes. Yes. But I, the show might have been a, a not even a year old when he showed up. It's pretty cool. Or they showed up. I, I hope, keep saying. I he's, hope I don't know. two is listening wherever wherever yes. two might be. Absolutely. I hope so. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, that's that's it. We don't have any new reviews. Um, I don't think I have any other announcements. Oh, one thing that was awesome. I didn't get to talk about it on our last show, even though I probably mm-hmm. should have. We finally had an in-person DEFCON 610 meetup. Oh. Last week. The first since the pandemic. Last time we met in person was February 2020. I remember February 2020. And we were not sure we should have in February 2020. March 2020, we pretty much just like, pretty much the moment the meetup was over in February 2020, we're like, we're not going to have them. We're going to have them virtual until this blows over. And of course, it never did. (laughs) But it's sort of blowing over now. So that's good. Sort of. I couldn't make it last week, but I really, really, really want to try to make it next time. I got to have two. What's the date of the next one? Uh, It's the first Wednesday of every month. So first Wednesday, whatever that is. Okay. But I, I got, I got to have two Irish stouts at, uh, at two rivers brewing. And I got to have their, their short rib poutine, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh, and I got to I got to meet up with some old friends who I have not seen in forever. At least not in person. Now I feel personally attacked by I believe that's Andy saying it's safer than a cruise. Safer than a cruise. Because my wife and I went on a Disney cruise <laughs> right at the beginning of the pandemic. I did not catch COVID on the cruise. We abs- <laughs> if I caught COVID it was anywhere, it was either at the Orlando airport or at the friggin' Nazareth Giant. And and even money on both of those. There was a confirmed. <laughs> there was a TSA agent who confirmed had COVID in Orlando. Not even Nork. Like Nork is the dive airport. You'd figure it would be Nork Airport, but no, it was more than likely Orlando. Is that how you say that? As an actual native New Jersey, and it's Nork. Nork. Yeah. Nork. Nork Airport. It's it's pronounced the pigeons and the hookers. It's like it's spelled N O R K. It's one syllable. Nork. It's one syllable. Nork. Nork. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Newark uh, is the is the fruity one in Delaware. Yeah, that's in that's the town in Delaware. Here but it's in Newark Airport. Here in PA, we usually call it Newark. Well, you almost guys like also New say, York without the y. You guys also say Bethlehem, and you put yet at the end of sentences for no reason. It's totally Bethlehem yet. You also call it prom <laughs> instead of the prom. Um, you do guys do a bunch of weird linguistic things. We're just Although weird. I I love local dialects. I'm actually fascinated by it. I call it I call it Crick instead of Creek. Yeah, that's that's pretty pencil talking. Which for is sure. pretty redneck, right? For someone who's it's, so who's so steeped in technology. Yeah. You're you're a you're a tech neck. Tech neck. Okay, that'll work. You're a tech neck. I just made that totally up. Maybe I did. I mean, maybe someone else came over before, but could be. It feels like I just made it up. Could be. You totally just made it up. <laughs> Uh, all right. So anyway, no new reviews. Um, is what we it need is, to infuriate right? somebody again. I got to work on my game. Oh yeah, right. I mean, even negative reviews or something. Redneck uh, yeah, technology. I, I don't know if I've gotten over it yet. So yeah. Uh, is that like a redneckologist? No. Um, right. So no reviews, and that's pretty much it for the housekeeping. Do we have a musical interlude at this point or we just go right to chat? 
We could if you want to, except it's... I don't know if there's a musical thing. Well, it's not usually the normal one, but we can do this. The magic of chat. How yeah, was okay. that? Was that a good? That was that, <laughs> a good transition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anna, Anna, Elsa, and Olaf really liked that transition they liked that sound. That's They're a, floating around. Let it good... go. Let it go. Make oh, the magic gosh. unicorn sound. All right. Very good. Let's see what else I have handy here that I don't want to, you know. Here, how about this? No. Hmm. I have the sounds I was using during our D&D campaign. There you go. <laughs> EverQuest anyway. combat music, right? No, that's not EverQuest combat music. That's Final Fantasy VII. Um, oh, when you, you need EverQuest the... combat music. No, I've got this, though. Oh, and I do Yay! have the combat music. I just leveled. There you go. No, Warcraft is an inferior leveling ding. That obnoxious, discordant ding is classic EverQuest. And EverQuest, unlike WoW, you could unding. Like, you'd, you'd make a level, and yeah. then some idiot would overpull, and you'd de-level. You would de-level. Yeah. One, one night I lost, like, three levels in a night, and I'm just like, oh. I'm done. No <laughs> more. Did you ever get into a binding death loop, or were you never that stupid? Uh, no, that I cannot say. That's where you'd have, it, you'd have an int caster set your bind point yep. at a spot in the zone yep. where trains would sometimes hit. You'd die, you'd respawn at your bind point, and the monsters were still there. No, and you, I... were, you were naked and had no hit points to speak of, so you'd die again and you'd continue to lose experience until you de-leveled to, I think, level 10. Yeah, I, I always had my bind points set at the entrance to a town. Oh, that Warcraft. Okay, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. No, if you were smart, you did that. And then they added in the soul binders where anybody could bind themselves. Yeah, I'd stop as playing EverQuest before As then. they sissified the game. Yep, yep. They also had those portals that they set up so you could port anywhere without having to pay a wizard. Oh, yeah, the, the plane of knowledge, which was great at first, but it made the size of the world inconsequential. Yeah. The number of times I spent an evening, right? So I would, when I was still in level one tech support, we had a bunch of folks who were playing EverQuest. We'd talk about EverQuest all day into long. A hole. We'd, <laughs> we'd fallen into a hole. We would talk about EverQuest all day long, and then we'd go home and play EverQuest at the end of the night, <laughs> right? Because we were working yeah. like the one to 10 shift. I'd get home by like 10.30. I'd log into EverQuest. Like I'd, I'd get my Cheetos and a Pepsi or a Mountain Dew, and I'd sit well, down and <laughs> play EverQuest actually, until 2 I, or 3 in the morning. And the number of times that that whole night was spent walking from Freeport to Quinos <laughs> was like... Yeah, I uh, I was playing EverQuest um, last summer, pandemic summer. Yeah. And it reminded me, quite frankly, of why I stopped playing EverQuest. Because in the end, all you did was grind at a camp yeah. Yeah. to level up so you yep. could grind at the next camp. Yep. It There's no questing really to speak of, well, except in the most rudimentary sense. There was... Yeah, very and rudimentary. That, that is the piece, because I've I've very frequently, while playing other MMOs, I've thought back to the EverQuest days and how much quote unquote better it was. Even though when I left EverQuest, I couldn't leave fast enough, right, to the next thing, which mm. I think was Dark Age of Camelot, was where I went to. 
Um, I played that for a spell. That game had so much promise and was so yeah. It, it its reach exceeded its grasp. EverQuest's oh, it's just the tech couldn't handle it. EverQuest's questing system, not necessarily the number of quests, but the system is what I liked the most. It was that conversational questing system, right? Where you would walk it, up to a random NPC and say hi, and there would be a keyword, and you'd have to like, well, you could just say the keyword. It, but you could literally role play and work that keyword into a sentence as though you're talking to this this oh, I, to I me, remember that. To me. And and it wasn't like you're walking around and there's an NPC with an exclamation point above his head. No, no or exclamation point. There was no indication. It was just like you have to go and explore and you have to try things. You have to talk to NPCs. And all those NPCs were killable. They were. Even the guards because the, and the zone had respawn timers, but right. if someone killed an important NPC for a quest, he was dead until the zone respawned. Yep, there was no, there was no, you can't kill me flag. Yep, everything in that game was killable. There were things about EverQuest which were, I think, the perfect mechanic for an MMO, and then there were other yeah. things like the grinding, right? Like if they fixed the experience scale. So that it was not so difficult to get between levels, and there wasn't so much like boring grind in between. I think that game would still be very relevant today because I think the prop. The I think it was a good that, game. Yeah, I think that's where like so so we we really haven't even gotten to the proper chat yet, but that's one reason why I'm kind of a fan of Valheim. Which, for those of you who aren't aware, Valheim is a is a Viking game, and I actually run a server. And Nate, uh, it's it's not an MMO, right? It's ideal in like three or four players at a time. Yeah. And so so Nate and another guy from work are are regulars on it. And what like in Valheim, when you die, you your your tombstone drops there, and all your stuff is there, and you respawn naked, yep. and you have to go get your stuff back. Now the tombstones will not decay. That's different than EverQuest, where your corpse would eventually decay. Yeah, but the game run. don't the game don't <laughs> give a shit. Like you better have backup gear, and yeah. and the big monsters that spawn, like the trolls and stuff, they don't despawn once they are in. Once they spawn in, they're there until somebody kills them. Yeah, We've Val got that two star troll north of our base that's been crashing around in the woods for a long time now because we just haven't wanted to deal with it. Yeah. And yeah, one of these the, days we're either going to have to deal with it or it's going to kill us when we're not when we're not ready. Valheim has this really interesting feel of a cross between a persistent, truly persistent world like I don't even well, I guess EverQuest would be the same sort of persistent world. Or but, some could, well, but EverQuest was a static world. You couldn't change the world right. in EverQuest. But it was like so, Ultima yeah. Online was a was like you could you could chop trees and and do but stuff on, in Ultima online and it persisted. Honestly, Minecraft is the best example that comes it to is. mind because right? it's a total. It, it except for very few locations, you can pretty much build anywhere in Valheim. Yeah, you're right. You can build just about anywhere in Minecraft. You can destroy just about anything in Minecraft. And if you're running it on a server that's up all the time, it is truly a persistent world, right? Yeah. If, if you build a thing, right. it will be there, right? Yeah. Val, excuse me, Valheim takes that and crosses it with an RPG. Maybe not even, I guess an RPG, because there's a skill system. Yeah, no, it's an RPG. Yeah. It, now, now, and and think about, like, there are RPG. like, Valheim is very much about your equipment. Yeah. 
and your and the food you eat because the food the food provides the various buffs. That is actually a really neat mechanic. It is, and they're going to actually change the food system. There was a news update today where you can customize. They're going to add a lot more recipes, and you can customize the food you eat better. Like maybe you want to be a tank, so you'll eat food that that like increases your health much more and your health Mm. regen. Or you want to be like an archer or something, so you'll eat food that targets your stamina. So and it'll, it'll be different recipes, right? For different so foods because right things. now that's pretty cool. The right now the way we're playing it is that you can eat three foods, right? So we got the carrot soup, the turnip stew, and the sausages, and those are our three best foods we know how to make right now. After this hearth and home update, which should be hitting in the summer. We'll now have a bigger variety of foods probably to pick from. So like our one, our one friend, Walt, he likes to, he likes stamina a whole lot. He likes doing a lot of the archery stuff where I tend to like tank stuff. So we'll probably end up preferring different food combos or even there'll be food that's for situational. Like when you're building, you want stamina above all else to, to, to be able to run around and build and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, Valheim's Valheim's key though, but that's what I think that's one reason I like it because it's got that danger. Like EverQuest, one of the things that always appealed to me with EverQuest is something that certain people just were like, "Oh, it's 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 unforgiving. It's got a harsh death penalty." It does, yeah, because (laughs) consequences, negative consequences, make your victories that much sweeter. Around the time when you around the time you were playing EverQuest, a week or two later, I think you had already gotten back out of it because you were sick of it again already. Well, because I got I ha- yeah, I got curious and I set up EverQuest. This is on one of the emulated servers. Is that was that where you were playing? I was playing. I was playing the legit production server. Okay. It was. I forget whether or not it was a progression server. It might have been. It was a progression server, and it was still on the. It was still prior to Kunark. EQ emulator. Does there's a bunch of well, Project very, 99 has been around forever. Yes, Project 1999 is what I was playing on, and there are a few very good servers. That's one of them, right? I was playing on that, right? And my daughter saw me playing, and she's like, "Ooh, can I play?" I'm like, "Sure, why the hell not?" Right? It's essentially free. Uh, there's yeah. no subscription fee or anything. Let's let's set you up. And I went through all the hoops, and I got EverQuest set up on another machine so she could play. And we're in. Um, What's the High Elves home? High Elves? Fadwar? Fadwar. Fadwar? We were were in the forest. So you were in, uh, you were in, uh, you were in, uh, it's like Grey Dark or something. There's two, the, there's two of them. I think it's Greater Fae, Greater Fae, because Lesser Fae is the the more dangerous one. But it is. Yeah, Yeah. Fadar. So we're in Fadar, and you remember Fadar, I'm sure. It's foggy everywhere and it's dark everywhere. You can't see far, right? It's kind of so, in the name. So we're right. So we're beating up on the I like butcher like, block a lot better. We're beating we're beating up like beetles and stuff. And she just like walks off. Not a good plan. And I'm i I'm just like, no, you can't do that here. <laughs> you can't walk off in EverQuest. Because you go no, too far in, this you go was, too far north, you're gonna run into the orcs. This was a project nineteen ninety nine server. There was no map. Because it was before EverQuest implemented a map. (laughs) But you could use, couldn't you use EQ maps? Or there was no, there was no map interface in the game. No, my my point is, my point is I couldn't track her. Oh yeah. Right? So I had no idea where she went. And now I'm like, oh no. (laughs) 
She's going to get slaughtered. Have her type slash Loke. Yeah, right, right. And that's that's the way you find people in EverQuest. What's your lock, right? Anyway, my my point is, like, I had a minor panic attack because I'm like, I'm trying to show her the game and she walks she off die? and she, she didn't die. I ended up finding her before she got slaughtered. A tardy Tim who did not die. But that's that's exactly the kind of game EverQuest was, <laughs> right? It's Valheim can be like that. Completely unforgiving, completely not friendly, right? It that's is like, awesome. It is like you're standing in the dark forest with nothing but your tiny little newbie dagger to protect you, right? That's the feel of EverQuest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, we've gone enough about EverQuest. We have. What do you have going on, Mark? Anything fun? So, honestly, like I pointed out in the uh, in the notes, like it's summer, so I'm. Like we just had, we had a canoe trip with the scouts, had a uh, bait, had what, so, so the nerd stuff isn't as much as I'd like it to be. However, I did smoke a mean pork butt last weekend. A friend of ours, we, they, she had a, uh, we, uh, she had a baby shower thrown for her, but it was really a picnic and it was pretty awesome. So it was the baby BQ and, and. (laughs) And my pork butt, just the shredded pork, just had uh, lots of compliments. So the big green egg, as usual, delivered. Um, the 3D printer has uh, is a complete success. I mean, I'm I'm not printing a lot lately, um, but when I do, it's just just been solid. Like I printed my daughter out a few bear things, mm-hmm. and it it just it it just bam, it they they really uh, monoprice dealt with the stuff that was just giving me a hard time so my 3d printer is is just working so yay for that printed this for my daughter it's actually a koala which is technically a bear type of it is a bear but it's uh, not technically it is a bear yeah it is a bear um i've been a little lax on the streaming i actually was all set to do a flight not last week maybe it was last weekend on i don't remember i was all set to do a flight and the problem, the problem with uh, Flight Simulator 2020, uh, virtual reality, and all this other stuff is that some of the pieces move, like get patched and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I'm there, and I and I fire, I got everything set up in VR. I got my overlays set up. I fire up OBS. You know, I start the stream, and and I'm um and I'm just like a couple of minutes into like the stream intro. And friggin' flight simulator just explodes and crashes. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, f this, and uh, I just, I'm, I'm done. And I just stopped the stream. And then later I went back and killed that video from Twitch because it was pointless. So I, I really, that was super frustrating. So what I got to do is I gotta get because there was a, there was just a patch with flight simulator broke and, something. And and well, no, and. Steam VR warned me that my video drivers, when I was setting that up, my video drivers, I need it to update to these beta drivers because they fixed a crash bug. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. And then bam, it exploded. So my video drivers have since the product, the fixes went production. Everything is up to date now. So I gotta I gotta get back into the flying, the broadcasting, the flying. But one thing I'm seriously considering doing is there's this game that I've that I've been a fan of since 2006, No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I talked about it on the stream, but they did a VR patch for it 
back when I first got the Vive. Oh, by the way, you need to come get the Vive. I really back do. Back when I first got the Vive. And the neat thing about it is you suddenly had a complete game that was like virtual reality. And they did, spe- they specifically made all different control schemes for it and the perspective getting in and out of vehicles and stuff. And I have streamed Valheim, by the way. And maybe we'll stream Valheim again when the three of us are playing again. I'm responding to chat. Yep, I see. Um, But what I'm thinking of doing is I have a regular save where I've got a lot of stuff. I've got a survival save where when you die, you lose your inventory. Normally when you die, you leave a grave and you can go back and get your stuff. But there's a mode called permadeath, which is like old Diablo 2 hardcore, where if Uh you die, you're dead. That's it. So what I'm thinking of doing is I'm considering doing a stream only No Man's Sky VR permadeath playthrough. Now, if I die in the first 15 minutes, I'll restart, but just kind of stream the whole experience and see how far I can get in permadeath. Yeah. Like, so, so that that's going through my noggin right now. So I got a, I'm just watching the little, uh, the little video that's on their website. It looks like an interesting, it's a fun game. You there's, and it's got multiplayer, so that's fun. Yeah, in space. It occasionally throw it on your Steam wish list because it apparently goes on sale for half price, and the game has a fascinating story where where when they shipped it, there was a lot of stuff missing, and it it really got they railed on it. And Hello Games has spent the past oh my god, it's almost like five years adding stuff and fixing it and just making it into a fantastic game. It's like an amazing comeback story on, on, on how to, how to go from an overhyped thing that shipped as a steaming pile of garbage to (laughs) a legitimately fantastic game, which is the, it's almost like being in the holodeck. I mean, I'll, yeah, my first stream with it will probably be me introducing people to the game and showing this is my normal playthrough. Here's my freighter fleet. Here's some of my cool ships. And now I'm going to start a brand new save and start with nothing. And then, I, and uh, then see how, see how far I can get. I, I came across a YouTuber. Um, he does reaction videos, right? So uh, Those I'm sure are, you're, you're familiar you know, with the concept, right? You know, I got to admit, reaction videos are one of my pseudo guilty pleasures. Yeah, I don't right. know why. Some of them. So this guy, there's. All right. So step back one more layer. There's a YouTuber named. August have layers. <laughs> there's a YouTuber named Frog Leap Studios. He does metal covers of various songs. I mean, everything. He did the wheels on the bus. He did. Mm. He did the 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 um, which theme song theme song was it? It was theme song to some kids TV show. He's done like Adele's I like Hello. This guy Dan, I like this guy Dan Vosk. I think he's Brazilian. Okay. He's done some great covers. Well, this other guy I ran across. So, all right. One of the most epic songs Leo, which is Frog Leap Studios, has done is a cover of both Toto's Africa. That's one of mm-hmm. his most popular songs. And the other is um, Sultans of Swing. Both of them are awesome. If you've never seen those two videos from Frog Leap Studios, go watch them. They're amazing. If you watch watch Africa, don't turn it off when the song is over because he does an outro at the end of every song and the one at the end of of Africa is 
better than the song. It's amazing. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Anyway, this guy, this other guy, old school this nerd. This other guy? He calls himself old school nerd. He's just like, you know, your average dad. He's a metalhead. And he found Frog Leap, and he does reaction videos. Like, literally, the day Frog Leap releases a, a, a video, that evening, this guy's got a reaction video up, right? Well, so I subscribed to his channel, and I found just the other day, he live streams D&D. You and I have oh, talked about live streaming D&D. He live streams him and his players uh, via Discord playing Roll20 D&D. Via what now? Via, hold on, I gotta find the... They freaking buttons. Discord! <laughs> Thank you. So anyway, um, I think we should revisit that sometime. I we need to clear it with everybody, and I don't know how awkward it would be, but but it's okay. No, I get that. Maybe maybe it's sometime in the future we have a campaign that is meant to be streamed, and everyone hey, that's playing is okay. We gotta with it. yeah, gotta get back to gotta get back to Nordoc one of yep. these days though. So anyway, that is not at all what I wanted to chat about tonight, but I didn't have much to chat about anyway, so it's fine. Um, that's fine. Let's see, what do I have going on? I'm currently tearing apart the suspension on my Jeep. I know okay. a lot of people that watch this show probably don't care about something like that, but it's needed work for quite okay. a while. I am like, I'm literally pulling the axles out, putting all like new control arms, new springs, new shocks, like everything, everything but the brakes and steering are getting replaced. <laughs> the mm. whole, the whole shebang, right? It's going to, I, I, I hope it takes me less than a month because I want to get it back on the road by the end of June. But like this whole week, I've had no time to work on it. Maybe next yeah. week, we'll see. Yeah, this this guy does some of the, but this guy Dan Vask, he does some killer cover. He does a uh, and he does a cover, and you're gonna laugh at me. He does a cover of uh, "I'll Make a Man Out of You" that's like pretty pretty tight. He also does uh, he does the Vic. My mother told me the song of the Vikings. His his covers are fun. Oh, it looks like he did a cover of Africa too. A lot of people have, but yeah, yeah, the one the one Frog Leap did is just amazing. Now I'm really tempted yeah. to go like look it up. Yeah, you might like this guy though. And I so I threw his channel in the uh, in the show notes. If I could type, if I could type. Oh, now there's an ad. Oh, I use Brave. Yeah, well, I'm on my phone here. Or this phone, this other phone. Wait, what, wait, what? why would we campaign without drinking? What the heck? Did I miss you say something? No, I didn't say anything about not drinking. Why would I do that? Big damn heroes like campaigning without drinking. Crazy talk. That is totally, that's insane. Why would you do that? I don't think that was even implied, dude. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, I'm gonna. My son is obsessed with Africa. You need to hear. These vocals do it. Yeah, check out Dan's channel. I think if you like this, you'd like Dan. No, why would we not drink while streaming? 
Come on. Come on, Adam. We drink. Okay. I'm just going to turn this down. We're going to play it in the background while... Uh... So this is the end of Africa. Sorry, that's just amazing. Anyway, this is the outro. Like any outro. So yeah, we're just gonna turn this down, let it play in the background. <laughs> I don't know where this rumor about no drinking keeps coming from, but I totally deny it. I'm sorry, but no drinking is not, not an option. You cannot, unless you're playing with children, you cannot not drink while playing D&D. It's just the way it is. I, I've spent two. I've spent so much time in scouting where I can't drink. Right. That yeah, I'm willing to not drink with the scouts, but other social events, nah. So the other thing I'm doing is, um, you remember, I talked keep, probably a year ago. What's that? Yeah, you keep screwing around with the light bulbs. Yeah, right. So I talked like a year ago about having bought a bunch of C by GE light bulbs. Not even a year. It might be like Christmas era. I, don't know, I think it was like Black Friday. I bought a bunch of these things. Um, they suck. Don't buy them. They're well, trash. <laughs> I never did buy them. So They're trash. Anyone listening to this show, don't buy C by GE direct connect light bulbs. They suck. <laughs> Why do they suck, Nate? They suck because their whole point of these bulbs is that they're supposed to natively work with your home assistant, not home assistant. That's not actually, they don't work with home assistant. Home assistant is a whole other thing. Your smart assistant, your 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 Google Home or your Amazon uh, funny lady in a box. Um, they work, but will randomly stop working. And trying to get them to work again is frustrating beyond belief. Sometimes all you have to do is wait and they just start to work again. Sometimes you have to like power them off and back on again and they start to work again. Sometimes you have to hard reset them and re-add them to your, your Google Home. Now, I use them with Google. I don't know if it's different on the Amazon stuff, but they suck. Don't buy them. Uh, I'm replacing them all with Tasmoda bulbs from at home. At home. A-T-H-O-M-E. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, but you can get them on AliExpress. I can put a link in here if you guys want, but they are so much better. They're, they're local controlled. You set up a home assistant box at home. It doesn't have to go to a stupid cloud provider to turn on your freaking light bulb. That's my rant for tonight. C by G mm. sucks. Don't buy them. I love that issue that your neighbor was having there. What? AO. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's Andy. Yeah, I um, think so. If the power flickered, all the lights would turn on at full blast. Oh, yeah. At 2 a.m. My house, it's haunted. That's, that's the other thing, right? <laughs> so... Oh, the outro's over. I better stop this now. Okay, so uh, this is a box that one of the new bulbs came in, but this is the C by GE bulb, which are, they're surprisingly heavy. I don't know why they're so damn heavy. They are, they're full of lead, maybe. Looks like they're, they're you know, full of shit. Yeah, right, they're full of shit. Uh, but, um, yes, they're... Content-rated they E. No. They are not configurable to the point where you can do something like tell it what state it should be on on power failure. It assumes that if you've cut the power and cut it back on, the light should come on, right? Which mm. probably makes sense from a light bulb it perspective. It makes sense for a goddamn server, but not for a light bulb. Well, no, it makes sense for a light bulb only in that... Hold on, I gotta stop this before it starts playing the next video on YouTube. Um, 
It makes sense in that I walk into a room and I hit the light switch. I want the light to come on. Ah, uh, yeah. All right? right. 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 Normally, with the smart bulbs, I leave the light switch on all the time. So if the lights, if the light stops working, all you do is flip the light switch off and back on again, and the light so comes you reboot, on. So you reboot the light. Right. So, 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 so Andy's neighbor is, apparently bought UPSs for his lambs, which the, seems to be the, a serious overkill. The, the problem is places like your bedroom, where you're sleeping at two in the morning, right? And the power might flicker. You don't want the lights to come back on. Well, guess what the Tasmoto bulbs let you do? They let you tell it what state to go in when the power comes back on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Because, you know, why wouldn't you want to configure that? Do they let you schedule? Do they let you do it via time of day? Like if it's after 10 p.m., don't so bring it back on. The, if it's like after 7 a.m., it can come on. The bulb itself won't let you do that. You might be able to do it well, with what home the hell good is it? Well, the bulb itself is running on this little microcontroller called yeah. an ESP8266, and it's just okay. not that smart. It doesn't okay, know what fine. time it is. I don't know. The bulb. I just, ha I just have regular light bulbs in my house. You're because right. Because right? I'm in the rich Dorito school of thought. Light bulbs should if be light bulbs. If my light bulb can't run SE Linux, then I don't want to. I don't want it to be smart. <laughs> You're it's because that's the valid. kind of thing you could. That's the kind of thing you could overload and explode. That's probably valid. Um, so so yeah, the other day, so your 3D printer is right behind you. Mine's in the basement, and in the basement, of mm -hmm. course, it's dark. Uh, but in the Usually, basement, it's also that's, hard. That's why the monsters like it. Yeah, it's also hard to reach from my office. So I have an OctoPrint server plugged into it. Uh, the Octoprint server has a camera, so I can monitor the print if I need to. So if I'm up here working, I can see what's printing on the printer and make sure it's not printing spaghetti, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't work when the lights are off. So now I have a smart bulb <laughs> above the printer. And through Home Assistant, it can tell when the Octoprint server is telling the, the printer to print and automatically turn on the bulb, which is pretty damn cool, I think. That is cool. <laughs> that, I'll give you that. That's cool. So, yeah. That's that's my that's my my current thing. We're gonna have no time for the news at this point. Yeah, well, there's not that much news. That's well, true. I guess there is. There's four articles. Um, the other thing is, uh, I've told you about. I don't. You're I still working I, on that hack slam? Yeah, I forget if I talked about this it? on the show. I have all the things printed. Now you just need to build it. So, so I think last time on the show I showed you a shoebox full of doll parts. Now I've got a shoebox full of hexagons. Although it's not a shoebox. I have an Amazon box full of hexagons. Well, there you go. With any, Much less creepy than... With any luck, it's going right... Than doll body parts. It's going to go right in this empty spot right here underneath my red hat. Okay. Do we think or, do you think we're going to see that by next show? Uh, I don't know. i got to order an LED strip and a control board. So no. And then no. i got to make them work. No. So, not no. That's not going to happen within the next two I'm weeks. not going to make any promises. How's that? I, I'm just, I'm telling you, I, I, it's not going to happen. I don't see it happening. Especially considering I'm still working on the Jeep. Yeah, I probably won't have time. To what is the happen. next show? Am I at summer camp the next show? I got to look. Know. So, no, I won't. If it's the 24th, I'll be here. I'm at the rye-soaked cherry part of my old-fashioned, though, and this is this is always the best part. Yeah, I need more parts for old fashions. I, I made a poor man's old fashioned last time, but now I'm out of bitters and I didn't have any, mm -hmm. I didn't have, uh, I didn't have cherries. I didn't have uh, the citrusy fruit to put a peel in. So I got a, but honestly, I kind of feel like in my mind, the pandemic is almost over. Like I don't have to, 
I don't have to wear a mask in Giant anymore. And so I can just run over there to get the stuff I want. Did the mask stop you from doing that before? Uh, it, it was psychological more than anything, to be honest. It's like, oh, do I feel like dealing with morons who won't mask properly and yeah. stuff like that, you know? I got to tell you, it's it's weird. Like now, now is weird. Because it's... it's a good, but it's a good weird. I think it's a good weird. When I walk into a store now, I find that I'm constantly paranoid that somebody thinks I should have a mask on. Well, you know, my youngest daughter is like that. She she'll she's actually passed her two weeks with her second shot mm-hmm. and she'll still wear a mask because she's just kind of like, that's just her. And that's fine. But she'll bust my balls about putting a mask on. I'm like, no, yeah, no, I don't want to. It's um, um to be honest, unless because I'm the I'm fo- I'm following the guidelines. Unless I know for certain that a particular store has removed their mask mandate. Oh, I'll wear it when I I'm at. Well, no, yeah. I I still by default wear it. Well, Giant specifically says if you are vaccinated, you yeah. don't need to wear it. Right, but so, I mean, if if I walk into a store and I don't see a sign, I'll put that. That'll that put. I I mean, I have one with me all the time when I go yeah. out. Because, again, I'm going to respect what the business owner wants. Right, right. But no, I mean, I, I default to wearing it when I don't know, is what I'm saying. Okay. And, like, and I you am, know what? That's, I, I feel we're probably very, still in that phase. I feel very paranoid about it. And I don't think I should. You know what I mean? But it's, so many people have been judging everybody else based on whether they should or shouldn't. Like, so many people that are opposed are judging people that wear them. And so many people that that are, are pro-mask are judging people that aren't. It's like well, I'm I'm constantly worried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to take the very red hat approach of assuming positive intent right now. Yeah. You know, and if someone's not wearing a mask, I'm going to assume that they're really vaccinated. Now, if someone's wearing a shirt that says I identify as vaccinated, I might punch them. <laughs> My God, I hate that. Oh, that's that's offensive on <sighs> multiple levels. Yeah. But whatever. But the point is, I feel like we're sort of almost on the other end of this thing, and it's going to take time to for everybody to to feel comfortable again. What I'm what I'm kind of getting sick of is the news trying to hold on to the panic. Well, that's what news does, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, they, news like, always does. That's 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 as that's tale as old as time. If I have to hear tale one as old more as time, if I have to hear one more news report about some new variant in China or whatever. Right. But you know what, you know, what's always in the second or third paragraph, Nate, that the vaccines are effective against those variants. Yeah. But they so don't, if, they don't tell you that in the headline. No, because I mean. if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. That's, that's news. Yep. Yep. Yeah. New, new, <sighs> but that's now we're going down a dark rabbit hole. I'd rather end on a more positive note. But speaking of news, now I went and switched off of the right panel on the thing. Hit the button. I just realized I haven't opened up the news articles. We were too busy talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I put three out of four of them in here, so I should at least have some. I'm idea looking at the Facebook are. watch one. Yeah, right. So, uh, would you put Facebook on your wrist? 
No. Neither would I. My goal, my goal is as soon as I can is to reasonably permanently leave Facebook. Yeah. And I don't know when that's going to be because I realize that there is like, I miss Chuck's memes and, and I, I've kind of, I found a few things when I was on my little break, I'm like, Oh, this will be cool to put. Oh crap. I can't. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I, I am not going to, uh, Oh, there's a chat inside of the Google Doc, but there's nothing in it. Um, I'm not going to. Um, I hope to never get as deep into it as I was. Yeah. So, no, I, I am not going to. I'm not going to buy a Facebook watch to put on my wrist because I don't trust them. If I could convince the people. I don't wear a smart watch anyway. <laughs> I mean, I to me, not having to wear a watch is a victory. Yeah, right. Right. No, I, I like, wear one I because go back this... to that. Well, this this does heart rate monitoring and it does step counting and whatever. It's a Fitbit. When I want that, I wear a Fitbit. But it's right? not. Have, it's not like this Fitbit's kind of garbage. It's not Amazon connected. It doesn't talk to Google Assistant. It's it's literally a watch with a maybe pedometer. Just, I mean, yes, it syncs to my phone, but you know, whatever. Anyway, maybe you should just buy an Apple Watch. Didn't you just say how you don't want to wear a watch? So you don't want to wear a watch. You're going to but consider gonna buying a $500 one? No, but if I'm going to buy <laughs> if I'm going to get a smart watch, I'm going to get an Apple watch because I'm an iPhone consumer. Seriously, though, the, the Fitbit is a great happy medium. It's not overcomplicated. It tells you the time. It'll give you notifications from your phone if you want it to. And it tracks mm -hmm. fitness. That's about it. It doesn't do much else. And that's that's kind of what I like about it. It's also not as expensive as an Apple watch. Well, but hell, anyway, the series three is 200 bucks. The series, the SE is 279. The series six is 399. Yeah, see, $400. That's not $500. You're <laughs> it's totally 500. In, in a world where everything is exaggerated, it's $500. Anyway, uh, what we're talking about now, though, is Facebook apparently wants to make a watch. Good for them. I'm not going to buy it. They want to make a watch with cameras in it. Yeah, imagine that. Because, you know, they're all about sharing stuff on social media. So um, I'm going to amend the previous question. Would you wear a watch from Facebook with cameras all over it? I, I <laughs> Since I don't plan on wearing a watch from Facebook ever, you can imply every question you ask me about, would you wear yeah, a watch right, I know. from Facebook is going to be no. It's a, it's a rhetorical question, right? So um, I should buy this. I don't, are you, you're going to buy an, you, you go from, I hate wearing watches to I'm going to buy an Apple watch within, well, my, within one article, Mark, one article. My friend, the pilot was showing me that it could do an, EK, an, an EKG and I, the Apple watch I is did, a nice watch. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Are you going to lie? Jason has one. If he really wanted to talk to somebody with, uh, no, I've seen him in person. My daughter, my daughter's boyfriend bought her one because he's, he's a quality guy. When I had an iPhone, I was considering buying an Apple watch, but the price was really what turned me off. Yeah, whatever. I'm not, I didn't order it. If it makes you feel okay. any better. Okay. You'll order as soon as, as soon as I'm not looking. No, <laughs> maybe I'll go to the crap. Maybe what I'll do is I'll go to the crapple store over at Lehigh and look at them in person. There you go. Anyway, and just buy it there. I remember when, when smartwatches first showed up and I'm like, oh, I that would be, that would be amazing. But they were all like this big. Yeah. The problem is this <laughs> Fitbit, which with this Fitbit, which was honestly not, I mean, yeah, I could buy three of these. Yeah. But this Fitbit, 
its battery life got terrible very quickly and it's gotten inconsistent. So I, I, I honestly, rather than buying another Fitbit might just go and, I had, and go with the watch. I had an Android wear watch for about a year and a half before I, I had the Fitbit. And to be honest, I didn't like it that much. Um, and it was kind of annoying just, just in the way that it handled notifications and stuff. And then it got slow because you know, it's Android. <laughs> I had it a year and a half. It's time to buy a new one is what <laughs> what it was yeah. trying to tell me, I think. No, uh, but I the, mean, the Fitbit I've had for, is it a year? Year and a half? Year and I a half a, now. My original Fitbit, I had a real long time. And, but this this one, which I replaced, this one's just been disappointing. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Well, this this is like full touchscreen style Fitbit. It's, it's a little, it's a step up from the, just plain old pedometer and yeah anyway now now you got me thinking because again looking at the new apple watches with the heart rate stuff i mean 400 it it's not that and and i'm you know i got i got a sizable amount of spending money that i can just buy whatever the hell i want with in my personal account so i might do it did you know facebook made a phone but no screw facebook they're not well, that's the article, right? I'm just there, there's a there's a pop quote in here that says Facebook's track record for making hardware is spotty, and it says Facebook in 2013 made a phone with HTC. Good for them. I had no idea. Yet to disclose sales for its Oculus VR. I'm so disappointed that they took over Oculus. Oh, they finally okay. They paid my phone bill. Gotcha. That's <laughs> no, my expenses came through, so that was good. Yeah, I won't talk about it on the show, but I have a little bit of frustration with that too. But anyway what with the expenses yeah i'm not gonna go into it now though <laughs> okay just recent we'll talk, we'll talk anyway, monday yeah or we can talk after the show whatever um so yeah facebook they want to make a watch and they want it to have cameras on it and apparently they want it so that you can like pop the the, the body of the watch off of your wrist to take mm-hmm. a picture and then put it back on it's it's weird it's a weird idea the hell did i buy on amazon and i think a billion people are going to buy them and that scares me Mm-hmm. Oh, a billion people will definitely buy them. Because they're on Facebook ads. <laughs> yeah, Mark almost snap bought a Apple Watch, and now he's like, what the hell did I buy on Amazon? <laughs> like, it was seventeen thirty nine. What did I buy at Amazon for seventeen thirty nine? I don't know. Vitamins. Oh, Who I knows, know what Mark? that was. That was that was the poker set, because I used some Red Hat Rewards, <laughs> and the balance was seventeen thirty nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bought yeah. a poker set. It's in that, it's in that case over there. Cool. Because I want to... I want to like have some people here to play poker in person. Yeah, You're we one talked of them, about by that. the way. Do you want to like you and Adam, like get you, Adam, and like one other guy and uh, play some wanna, poker? You just want me to come over so you can win all my money? No, we'll do like we'll do like a ten dollar game or something. <laughs> or even we could the first we could just we could play for no money just for fun the first yeah. time. But the first it's, one it's is... more fun if you, it's more fun if you got some skin in the game. The first one is always free. Anyway. That's right. So the second article I linked here, and this is like, I didn't do any kind of a deep dive on this. It's kind of old news at this point, but I included a article. It just happens to be from the register. I know they're not always the highest quality news, but um, about the Freenode thing. Uh, You know, did you know that Freenode is uh, suddenly being vacated by most of its staff and most of its channels? I've read... (laughs) I've read that uh, I've read a few things with the free note thing and I don't know how to feel about it 
sometimes it feels like it's an overreaction it and does. sometimes it feels like a jerk did come in and try and take it over most of the stuff I, i've read feels like an overreaction and that that kind of disappoints me but i don't know i don't know you see i'm gonna i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be like not 99 of people on social media and admit that i don't actually know enough of the details you're right neither do i that i can't give an informed opinion it but if but if 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 it's true that the guy thought he owned all of freenode because he bought the name the company that held the name and therefore he had some sort of control over it he doesn't understand how how irc really works yeah and there was apparently scripting that was trying to ban people who suggest who were saying move to this new irc yep. top end service so that was kind of a kinda, bad move. yeah exactly little money outside for cigars Big damn heroes in, right? Yeah, right. I mean, Andy, if you want to drive up to PA, you're in. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'd play poker with you. You'd be a fun poker player. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I think the free note thing is partial overblown, partial bad reaction. Yeah, but the bottom line is, if you had it, if you if you depended on free node for interaction with certain projects, you're going to have to look elsewhere. Most of them are going to a new chat network called LibreNet. Libera. I Libera. Think. Yeah, I think I think Fedora did. Libera I think sent the the CentOS or CentOS or Fedora actually did an interesting thing, right? Mm -hmm. So this reminded me that we had a thread going on in in the infamous memo list about IRC about Freenode. So I went and looked it up, and um, somebody mentioned Matrix which, as some of you might remember, is the platform I tried to move Iron Sysadmin's chat over to, which kind of flopped. There wasn't a lot of interest in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but I remember I, that. I still hold that Matrix has promise as a replacement for things like IRC. And when Freenode kind of collapsed, I thought, oh, cool, maybe people will move to Freenode. Fedora Move did. to Matrix. Fedora, ma sorry, right, move to Matrix. Uh, Fedora actually made a channel on Matrix, and they have an IRC bridge set up between that and this Libera, Lib... Libra chat, whatever Libra chat. Interesting. Uh, so you can join the Fedora channel on matrix.org. Uh, apparently they're working on setting up a home server so they can essentially self host their chats on their own system. We have some podcasts they can listen to about that. Yeah. That's which is, hosting. which is one of, one of the attractions that I see to matrix. And that's what I've always said. Not only is it end to end encrypted or it can be end to end encrypted. You can self host it, which means that nobody can claim ownership of your network, right? So I, I just, I was kind of surprised to see that when Freenode was sort of overrun and collapsed the way it did, all they did was set up a new IRC network. Like, why didn't we look for a better solution? And I think the, the reasoning behind that is simply that we needed a quick solution because there's like integrations and stuff with IRC. It's not just chat at this point anymore. There's bots and there's stuff involved like that. So <laughs> laziness. Yep. That's it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you're looking for a new home for something that was on free node, just give matrix a look, check it out. I think it's cool. I think it has promise. And I think it has more features than IRC will ever give you. It's got, it's more modern. It can be encrypted. Well, I guess IRC can be too. But uh, yeah, I think it's good stuff. If you like Matrix so much, why don't you marry it? Little Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I will. Then we'll have Nate marry Matrix. 
The places your mind goes. It goes weird places. It's been a long day. So. Yeah, I know the feeling. All right. I'm, so now, have... I'm now at the place where I'm like, huh, if we finish the show in the next 10 or 15 minutes, do I have time to watch In the Heights, which is over two hours long, or should I just stick <laughs> with my original plan and watch it after breakfast tomorrow? Because In the Heights, depends. I thought it was dropping tomorrow on HBO Max. It dropped today. Um, my wife and I watched the first few minutes, and it was during the workday, and she's like, you're going to keep watching this unless they turn it off, aren't you? And you're like, yeah, I'm a weak Probably. man. So I'm just going to stand here behind the couch watching it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch. No, I'm not watching it tonight. I'm not watching it tonight. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to make sense. What I might do is I've been watching the series on Netflix, Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah. I, I really like it. Apparently it's a failure according to the internet, but I've actually enjoyed it. I got two episodes left. So I, I'll, I might watch is that. I might watch one or both of them. That came out just like a week ago, right? It's been a little more than a week, but it, it's it's a recent drop, but people Maybe have claimed it's a else. failure. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking of something else. Anyway, our last two articles, and I don't want to lump them together, but they're both ran ransomware related. Well, One of them they're... is kind of a loss. The other's kind of a win. <laughs> So the first one, maybe you've heard meat supplier JBS pays ransomware hackers 11 million despite having backups. Now, we're going to back up for a second. JBS is apparently, well, a meat packaging supplier, a meat supplier. They got hit with ransomware. They were shut down. A lot of their packaging plants shut down. There was a brief spike in meat products, like at the grocery store. They've recovered. They're back up and running again. The majority of that was from the diligence of their ops team. I suppose they must have restored from backup or something because they were largely up and running again. But then they paid the freaking $11 million ransom anyway, even though they were right. up and running. And they say that the reason behind that was, you know, because the ransomware folks have figured out that backups are their kryptonite. So now they threaten to leak data because they've quote-unquote, exfiltrated the what data. Kind of, what kind of data could they leak, though, from a meat company? Well, I don't know. I mean, it makes you wonder, what were they so worried about? But yeah, they were going to supposedly leak this data unless they paid like, the ransom, so they paid. Would this, would this tell us what Soiling Green really is? I mean, is that the level? That or what's really, what's really in sausage? Right. Oh, the execs will still get raises. Just yeah, the regular right. guy. The regular yeah, guys won't. I wouldn't say no one. Still, the execs will keep, will keep their golden parachutes. Come on, Andy. You know how yeah. life works. Yeah. So. Please. So, yeah. I mean, this is kind of a shame, I think, that they paid it anyway. Um, I don't know what kind of data they had grabbed. Maybe they had personal information for employees or something, and they didn't want that leaked. Maybe it was financial data. Maybe it was some kind of, you know, weird thing that was going to make JBS look bad. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but they paid the ransom. Now, the thing that gets me is there is still no guarantee that that data won't get leaked. They still right. have the data. Right. Whether you paid you're, the ransom or not, the they word, have the freaking on, data. You're counting on the word of criminals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's Whatever nothing, happened to do, don't negotiate with terrorists. There's right? nothing to stop them from coming back in six months and saying, hey. Give us a little more money. That data we were going to leak that you paid us $11 million for? How about another six? Yeah. Exactly. We still have the data. We're going to leak it. Hush We're going to leak the data. Yeah. They just got to be able to say, fuck you. Go ahead. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. 
So, but the last news story is is a happier ending. A little more Not the of kind you get after a massage, but a happy ending nonetheless. Yeah, but the thing that's um, unhappy about it is that it comes from the New York Times and they want me to subscribe. Oh, well, I was able to read it, okay. this article. Um, but it, yeah, it's um, basically the Justice Department, and this should be probably made into a movie with like animated like cyber war scenes and stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. They actually were able to seize a good chunk of the ransom back from the Bitcoin from the Russian hacking collective. So I, this has got to be a hell of a story. Yeah. I they think apparently this is pretty cool. they, they tracked it. Like I used to play this video game, right? <laughs> um, they tracked it as it moved through like dip 23 different electronics accounts. And then they, it finally landed into one that they had, they had permission to break into and they seized it. I'm taking that Bitcoin wallet. Nice. So that's like, that's like baller to me. That's that's really excellent. No, what was the what was the video game that I'm thinking of? Um, I actually I actually own it on Steam. Let me find it because it was a fun game. And it's if you're a nerd, it's it's actually worth a buy. I was looking at that uh, huge list of whatever that you're scrolling through. Is that all your that's Steam all my games? Steam games because I'm crap. terrible. <laughs> that's a yeah, lot of games. <laughs> I own a lot of games, and it's actually frightening how many of these have never even opened. I was gonna say, how many have you played? I there there is a site that'll use API calls to tell you that, and I'm terrified to use it because I used it once, and it was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> where the hell is it? Is this just the installed stuff? Come on, uncategorized. Where the hell? If Iron Sissabin was a movie, who would play the hosts? My God. <laughs> I would be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah? Because of your manly physique? Or I would be played by the uh, the lady who plays Elsa. <laughs> I forget her name. Just for the singing? Let it go. Just for the singing. Because then the singing would be awesome. The singing would be better. Would be awesome-er. Maybe I maybe maybe it would be a movie where the actors switch depending on the situation. Like it would mostly yes. be Arnold, but it would switch to her when the singing happened. It would switch to her wearing an Arnold mask, a bad Arnold mask. <laughs> because I don't think Arnold I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I probably can do a better rendition of Let It Go than Arnold can. Probably. I'm oh, just, I wish I'm I just, could find the game. It, it was an awesome game. I'm picturing I Arnold. I as the term let it go singing, let it go singing, let it go don't hold it back anymore so folks i want to hear from you who would play the iron sysadmin hosts if iron sysadmin were a movie you might be jack black <laughs> i could see jack black playing you really i think jack black is a lot more charismatic than i am yeah, i don't know <laughs> jack black <laughs> I can't find the game, but it was a it, it was a game where you basically played a hacker and you. Uh... Oh, do you mean? Um, I know which one you're talking about. Like it was mostly like it, it was a near future thing. I don't remember. Was I it got just it called I... like Black Hat or something. No, that was a movie. That no. was a terrible movie where they had Hacking where they had four playing. As soon as you uh, find uh, it, I'm going to be like, yeah, that was it, because it's at the tip of my brain. I can't remember the name of all it. All right. So top 10 video games with hacking gameplay. That's probably going to be on this list, I have to imagine. Uh, let's see. It was some lead hackery name. I just can't Uplink. remember. Uplink. Uplink. 
That's not the one I'm thinking of, but okay. Uplink is an amazing game. We need Josh with the link to it. With yeah, the right. <laughs> we need the Just, fact checker, Oh, Josh. here it is right here. Uplink, yeah. Um, Let it go. Let it go. Go play Uplink. All right, let's see. Uplink video game. We're going to toss this in chat. It is on, and it's on Steam. So, so. I have an interesting sort of question related to the that's uplink the bitcoin stuff related to these mm -hmm. ransoms right i heard on the news the other day and this is something that's been talked about before um and i didn't find an article or anything because it's there is no specific article to talk about but apparently the u.s government is considering finding some way to basically disable or or outlaw bitcoin i don't know how you do well you could outlaw it How'd yeah. that work out with booze? Yeah, right. I'm I'm sort of curious, and maybe we've already gone long enough and it would be hard to go any further, but I'm just kind of curious what people think about that. Because personally, I feel like that's quite an overstepping from any government to just basically say this currency that you're trying to use is illegal. There is a YouTube rap video about that. About outlawing cryptocurrency? Yeah, let me see if I can find it because it's a, as a, as embarrassing as this is. It's in my watch history. I'm not normally one for Rabbit. parodies, but this one was actually pretty good. Where's that? Where's my history? Here we go. Give me a moment. Uh, wow, my YouTube history is actually kind of embarrassing. Wow. Hmm. My YouTube history is full of like. Uh, like DJ I, sets from Astro. Oh, that's right. I've been I've been watching some videos on this channel called Townsend's. It's this guy who who's who does stuff about uh, the 18th century and the and cooks cooks the American food from there. That's interesting. It actually is interesting. I bet it sounds very bland. The food. There are some there are some things you're like, wow, I couldn't have. Uh, I would not have liked eating. <laughs> I would not have oh, eaten wow. if I lived Why in did I watch? Oh, my God. Why did I watch that? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Sometimes I remember, oh, yeah, that's why I watch that. And that's what this part of the show has turned into. I feel like, I feel like I've gone back further than... I hate maybe that. I, then it's like, did I go too far? Do I have to go back? And then you go the back and like, I still don't see it. Did I not go back far enough? It. So uh, we're we're about at the end of the show, folks. While Mark tries to look for that in his history, I'm going to go ahead and do the closing stuff. And if he finds it, we'll be sure to... I'm sure he'll interject while I'm talking. The crypto rap battle. Hang there, on. he found it. <laughs> the crypto rap battle. There we go. I'm going to just... I'm going to talk... Should, you want it in chatter in the agenda. Put it in the agenda. That way people can watch it if they want to. Okay. If they want to. I don't recommend it. Um, let's see here. I'll put it down. Oh, God. What am I doing? Ah, oh, I'm so terrible at, at Google Doc, apparently. Oh. <laughs> uh, All right, I'll do it here. Crypto. 
under the last article, rap battle. Bitcoin rap battle? Hamilton versus Satoshi? Yes, that's Is that it. it? Yeah, Bitcoin rap battle debate. It's in the agenda now. Now I know why you found it. And in this corner, the creator of the Bitcoin, the believer in the blockchain. Give it up for Satoshi Nakamoto. There's there's people behind Hamilton with muskets with <laughs> bayonets on them. <laughs> yeah. Before we begin, everyone do me a favor. Thanks. Read a little thing I wrote called a Federalist paper. Yeah. I explain how a nation Alright. I'll have to watch that later. Now you guys have had a taste of Hamilton versus Satoshi. The crypto rap battle. Crypto rap battle. All right. So anyway, I think that's it for tonight, folks. This has been a fun God, rabbit I hope hole so. of a show. We have taken them in weird ass places. We've gone all over the damn place. And I think that's it. <laughs> if for some reason you'd like to watch this live, you can do so on either YouTube or uh, Twitch. YouTube.com slash, yeah, can't talk anymore. YouTube.com slash Iron System and Podcast or Twitch.tv slash Iron System and Podcast. Uh, you can join our Discord community if you would like to by going to, well, there's a link in the show notes or you can go to ironsystemin.com and there's a link in the menus there. Uh, I can't read it to you because it's like WMXV capital Q four C. Yeah, really. You get the idea. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look for the Iron System in Podcast and you'll find us. You can subscribe wherever you can find podcasts. If you don't find us wherever you find podcasts, let us know and we'll try to get ourselves listed wherever you find podcasts. Maybe you're on some weird podcasting platform that Libsyn does not have hooks into yet and uh, we can fix that. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for tonight. If you want to support the show, you can do so via Patreon, ironsystemin.com, or sorry, patreon.com slash ironsystemin. And with that, I hope you guys have a good night, and we will catch you on the next show. And I gotta find the right transition page here. Bye here now. Good night, everybody. Good night. Ah. Somebody's sneaking in. Good night, everybody.